How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Feggy has hit him big time. Houston. Let's get in the loop. All the jokes are coming fast and furious every time y'all talk about this guy. With Landry Locker. Landry, I mean, you're going to be in midday forever now. And John Lopez. On occasion, Lopez makes a statement that's so ludicrous. It makes me pick my phone up and call you guys. You're in the loop on Houston's Sports Leader. Your champ, 610. Sports Radio 610. So how do, how do we want to attack this? Landry Larker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Do you want to do the thing that it seems like uh, is the is where everybody has seemed to gone, where, hey, it was a great season. Huh. Uh, they won three games last we'll year. Just, we'll just ignore what happened on Saturday, and we'll go about it. It goes without saying, obviously the future's bright. Obviously... You're not going to look back in this season at a, as a complete disappointment, but are, are we talking about the game or not? Because I don't, I, I don't know if like Will Smith came and like flashed the pin on everybody else around town to where you just forget about what happened on Saturday. How, how do we want to attack this? I'll let you set the tone. Yeah, first thing I wrote down after the game, uh, as these these comments started coming in, oh, good job, fellas. Uh, didn't expect it and all that. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there, but it is Reaction Monday. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Um, I refuse to treat it as a good job, fellas. Game after after the season. Uh, this was we we raised the bar for this team. They they raised the bar. Fans should have expected more. We should have expected more. This was an enormous disappointment. I mean, and, and it was it was it was down to individual things. I always talk about the sweeping thought. My sweeping thought was like ironclad. Five minutes after the game. Right. And that is, I don't know if they would have won. They probably wouldn't have won. Yeah. But they should have had a better chance in this game. Yes. And they we'll, should have had a better chance. We'll hear chance. from D'Amico Ryan's live right here on Sports Radio 6. And I'll, I'll let the quarterback talk about how yeah. he felt about the season. This this is C.J. Stroud after the game talking about the success or lack thereof of this season. Um, I mean, it's hard to answer that right now. I feel, I mean... I know where I come from in college, like, if you don't win at all, like, then it's kind of a fail. So that's kind of like the mindset I have. Um, I think we have the capability. We have the team to do it. I know, um, yeah, it's a, it, we come up short, you know. So, like, you can't look back and, like, dang, like, we didn't do nothing special. You got to, of course, like, really look back and, love and, and smile throughout everything. But at the same time, like, it's like, dang, man, what, what if? And that, that's, that's the worst feeling, you know, just having regrets. What if? What if I did this? What if I did that? You know, so. Um, just learning experiences. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's very well said by 
CJ Stroud. I, look, I, I that that was a pathetic performance on Saturday. There, there's no like there's no other way to to look at it. It was embarrassing. They they were the only team that wasn't competitive this weekend. Um, this was a, a performance, by the way, where four times this year the Baltimore Ravens have played a game where the opponent didn't score a touchdown on offense. Mm-hmm. Two of those have been from the Texans. It was Week One. And it was this one. The other one was Dorian Thompson Robinson with the Cleveland Browns and the Seattle Seahawks. Could I interest you in a stat? Yes, sir. Bobby Slowick had five interviews this weekend. His offense scored three points. <laughs> it's just, this, is, this is true. No, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the bottom line. Is that the reason why they scored three points? No, but he had two more interviews, job interviews this week, uh, than he did his, his offense scoring points. And that reverse... That's the dumbest call that Bobby Slowick has made all year. That I, I was actually kind of embarrassed for him that 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 went down. That was in, that was blown up from the start. I thought Troy Aikman put it best. You're lucky you only lost five yards on that. It, yeah. It's actually impressive that John Mechie was able to lateral it to CJ, and then CJ is getting hit as he throws. Yeah. So it's sailing a little bit, and that's why the safety is able to yeah. run up and get him. It's not George Fant can't go downfield and block a safety. Yeah. That's an eligible man downfield. Yeah. This is this was an opportunity to get to the AFC Championship game with a higher bar. What and this is where this is how I would describe it. You cannot have key players that are a net negative in that game. Laramie Tunsil was a negative. He was a net negative in that game. You can't have that from the I'm an All Pro. You know, uh, left tackle can't have that. Jalen Petrie catch the damn ball. Whew. Catch the damn ball, man! That first that first drive in the second half. If he if he catches that, it changes who knows everything. How it is. Kyle it, Hamilton man. dropped one too. That was that was that was a shot for Petrie. Catch the damn ball. You've been the focal point in the crosshairs all year long. Catch the damn ball. That's a net negative. Another net negative. Love you, Dalton Schultz. Catch the damn ball. That was a drive killer. Like all these were. Well, they they did get a first down after, but it kind of killed the momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a drive killer. Bobby Slowick. He didn't have a feel for this game, and he got cute. And he got a clean slate, man. Yeah. Like they had a clean slate at halftime. Yeah, the defense just ran out of gas. I, I think the well, I, I think two out of three phases were fine. That the Ravens on their last three drives in the first half they had minus seven yards. Yeah, and you were tied. Like you were tied, and you had missed a field goal. Bobby Slowick had a chance to go in there and adjust at halftime, and, and they just didn't get it done. Were they outmanned? Yes. Would a perfect game plan by Bobby Slowick have won that game? Maybe not, but. You I, wanted a chance. Yeah, and that was that was a bad, 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 bad performance. I feel like one player came and, and elevated his game in the in on the defensive side, and that was Christian Harris. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Let's hear from uh let's hear from D'Amico Ryan's live right here on Sports Radio sixteen. Let's hear what he has to say about the uh the future of the Texans, et cetera, here on Reaction Monday. I feel good about our you know, our season and what we were able to accomplish. Uh, so I told our guys today, just be proud of what we were able to do. This league is a, a year-to-year business, right, and just always embrace the moments that you have with the, the people that you're around because, as we know, right, teams change, right, staffs change, a lot of change happens on a year-to-year basis. So just embrace that, right, live in the now, and – but really be proud of what you what we were able to accomplish this year. Uh, you know, moving into, you know, the future and next year, we you know, we like where we are with the young nucleus of guys that we have. I feel like we have a, a good group to build off of, and we still have to add more pieces. You're always adding and always looking to acquire talent and get better, and that's where we'll look 
to spend our off season, right? How who can we find to help us, you know, get better? Oh, so many highlights throughout the year. So many uh, exciting games, close games. I think the one that sticks out, probably the the uh, Tampa Bay game, <laughs> sticks out the most is just you know, to see us be able to come back and see the plays that we were able to make in that game to win that game. That's one that that really sticks out to me. It's, it's a lot of a lot of moments. I can't can't give them all. Well, a lot of moments, I think, none special than the, the win at the end of the year versus Indianapolis when we were able to clinch our spot into the playoffs. It's one that, you know, we'll always remember. Always a significant uh, moment for our team and where we were at the time. So a very special moment there. Hey, because you talked about how, you know, the, the players will change, perhaps some of the staff will change. How much did this season prepare you for those changes and make it a the charge in that? Yeah, this season there's a lot of changes that occurred throughout the year. You talk about players is up and down. A lot of you know guys are in and out of the lineup. So just get used to being in this position. Things are going to change, right? And being able to be flexible and understand that that happens. And you know, under my leadership, whatever happens is it's my responsibility is to find the right people. And for me, I always come back to the people. If you find the right people uh, that can lead, that are willing to help with a servant uh, mindset, servant leadership mindset. Like, we find the right people. That's all that matters. There are a lot of organizations that are not fortunate to have identified that franchise QB. How much does that help you go into the offseason knowing that you have your guy that you can kind of use your resources? Right. Having, having CJ, you know, to lead our team, I think that's the important question for every team. Right. You're in this league. Everybody's looking for that quarterback. And we know how important the position is, know how many resources go into finding right the right guy to lead and you know over half the league has them, half don't. So it's um it's a special position. It takes a special person to play that position and you know, we're happy to have CJ leading us. We've seen a lot of young guys for our team this year play a significant amount of time, and you saw guys get better and grow throughout the year. And that's where I love coaching. I love that aspect of coaching is where you develop players. All right? Don't tell me what a guy can't do. Tell me what he can do, and let's see how we can continue to improve him and help him get to where we need him to be to play meaningful football. And we've done that with a lot of our young guys, not like Khalil, but young guys that you talk about, uh, Stingley, uh, Christian Harris, a lot of young guys talk about Juice Scrubs being able to step in. All of our rookies, right, who contributed this year, who probably played the – our rookies probably played the most snaps out of any rookies in the league this year. And not just playing snaps, but they play significant snaps. And our rookies were the reason why we won a lot of football games. You know, Tank, CJ, Will, Juice, a lot of guys, I mean – Jared Patterson stepping in and playing meaningful time for us. So yeah, all of our guys contributed. Henry contributed. All of our rookies contributed. And that's how I feel like you truly build a team. You build it with those young guys and come in, and they continue to improve and get better and continue to add more guys that come along and do the exact same thing. When you were hired, did you think a run like this was possible? And where did you even 
Well, when I was hired and whatever I do, uh, I think everybody wants to <laughs> look at themselves as being the best at what you do, and that's how I envision it. I envision us being the best at what we do, having the best possible season that we can have. If you're not thinking about it that way, I don't know why you're in whatever you do. If you're not trying to be the best at what you're doing, if you're not, if you don't have a positive outlook on whatever you're doing, thinking it's going to impact people in a positive light and help others, right? That's the reason why we all do what we do. Yeah. The running game will be uh, significant for us to improve upon. I think as you see as you go throughout this game, especially in the postseason, right? Teams that win games, you got to be able to run the football, right? And sustain it. And we weren't able to accomplish that versus the Ravens, and it showed up. So we have definitely areas to improve, uh, many different areas, but run game is one of those areas for sure. Uh, we'll see where all of our guys and all the positions on our, our team will look at the roster, myself and Nick, and see uh, where we are and where we have to improve our roster. And I think that's our job, you know, is to continue to improve our roster as best as we can. Did you look at the situation and how significant that was this year? Is that something you go back and well, our evaluation process when it comes to injuries, I think every injury, it's, it's its own case. I don't think there's a one overarching theme with injuries. Things happen, and guys get hurt all across the league. So it's a matter of, for us, we evaluate everything that we do um, when it comes to, you know, just – how we how we treat our players, how we practice, how we do everything. Everything is an evaluation process, but it's not just one particular thing. If everybody knew exactly what it was, it will get it fixed. But um, things happen. Yeah, we, we would like to feel that all of our free agents love to be here and they enjoy playing here in Houston. Again, special place, special team, uh, special organization. So I think most of our guys would love to be back here. Uh, Jonathan specifically, he did a, a really great job for us. I think it's his most his productive year, best year of his career. He did some really great things to allow us to be in position to win some games. Right, you, Everything I believe in, it starts up front with the with the rush, all right, and also with the offensive line and protecting. So and we'll continue to build with our fronts, start at the front and build backwards. That's how I envision it. And you know, Jonathan had a really great year. Miko, how would you um, evaluate CJ's season as a whole from start to finish? Yeah, CJ's throughout the entire year. Uh, what I love most about it is the growth. Right? You talk about from where we started and our first game of the season and how he grew. Right, as a player, as a leader with our team, like it's encouraging when you have a young guy who's able to grow not only as the entire season, but to see him grow and take the coaching points and grow from week to week and see a guy improve so quickly, like it's uh it's encouraging to see how much better he can get as he continues to uh play throughout the league. But it's uh that's one thing I'm I'm all about is growth. And the more we grow and the better we 
the better we become, right, the better our chances are of winning a ton of football games. But first off, it's a credit to our, our staff and it's the success that we had throughout the year. And a lot of people are trying to see uh, what's going on in Houston and a lot of people want to get, you know, have interview requests on boards. It's a credit when it's kind of the nature of success. When you have success, other people want to see what's going on and they probably want to take some guys, you know, to help them out as well. So it's a... Uh, it's a tough part of it, but it's part of the business. It's part. That's what happens, and we'll have to have contingency plans available if, if guys, you know, happen to leave. Yeah, you can't talk about CJ's success without talking about Gerard and what he was able to do, the relationship that he had with him, uh, just being there for him as a position coach, teaching him, guiding him along the way. Right, Gerard is one of the reasons why CJ had a successful year. The, um, a lot of your teammates always talk about how you was more so like a coach in the locker room um, from the player standpoint. How much did that time actually, you know, lay the groundwork to your coaching career, especially considering that you was able to um, get that development, teaching aspect from like a player to player? The thing about me is when you come to developing people, players, I always, even as a player, like I always felt it was right for me to help other guys who played alongside me. Like that's how it was when I first stepped onto this, to the field here for the Houston Texans in 2006. A lot of older guys took me under their wing, and they showed me the ropes. And so that's how I knew the NFL to be, right? The, the older guys, right? You reach back and you help the younger guys. You pour in as much information into those guys as possible, even though you know guys are going to take your job and they're going to move you out. There was never a selfish moment from my interacting with veteran players when I first came into the league. And that's just, that was how I saw it. And that's how I operated throughout my entire career while I was playing. And that's why I got back in the got into coaching it's because I wanted to reach back and help players. So it's truly, that's my heart. That's why I do it. It's about serving the players, helping them to further their careers, be the best that they can possibly be within their careers. That's what drives me each and every day. So you talk about developing young players. That's where my drive is. That's where my passion is. But I've been this way since I was playing back in uh, 2006 because I got that example from a ton of veteran guys who showed me the way. There is pride in it, and you know you don't get this opportunity much, right? For to be able to come back and you know lead organizations that I play for, it's special to me. It means more to me than just wins and law. It's it's about establishing pride into our organization and to our team. Establishing the excitement for our team around the city, and I think we did that this year. I think a lot of people were excited to watch the Texans play football, and we made a lot of people proud and to support our team, and, and that's what it's all about to me, instilling hope into our city, and that's what we did. Guys, you know, this year take a little bit of a break, but last year you stepped right in and was really downtime. What's, what's kind of like your schedule for your staff? 
Yeah, it's been full speed ahead <laughs> from first getting hired to now this point here. It's been full speed ahead, so we'll take a little time off to rest. Everybody needs a little rest, <laughs> so we'll take some time off to rest before we get back rolling with free agency and draft, but definitely need much-needed rest is, is ahead of us for sure. The conversations that you had last offseason, there was a lot of unknowns in this franchise. Like, no one really knew the direction. They didn't know what they were getting in you. They didn't know what they were getting in the quarterback. So conversations with free agents, you didn't really know what to sell them. Now you know what to sell. How different are those conversations going to be? Uh, the conversation with our guys, it's for any free agent, it's about opportunities, right? I mean, guys want opportunities to showcase their talent when you're a free agent. And I think now with people seeing how we play, seeing our young core players, right, especially seeing CJ, I think a lot of people probably want to play here in Houston, right? And, you know, that comes from the success that these guys have had, how they've shown up on the field. I think you get that recognition and you get that credibility from your peers around the league, and that's what matters most. Our guys watch tape. They see how we play. They see how we operate, and I think that will be inviting to a lot of free agents to come here. But, again, for me, it would always be about the people, and getting the right people in is, is everything to me. Well, it starts with with CJ, just him himself have the mindset that he has to continue to grow, continue to get better. That's everything, right? And we'll continue to support him, surround him with the right people to help him get his, get reach his potential, get as better as he get better each and every day. We'll continue to help CJ along, but it helps most when a player has that drive, he has that inner will, that spirit to continue to get better. That that's the only thing that matters when you have the right mindset, no matter. What happens, he'll continue to get better. Yeah. For me, I think just throughout the entire year, I've grown just with, I think, communication just amongst staff, communication amongst the entire building, making sure everybody is aligned in what we're, what we're doing, our vision. Uh, and that, that was the biggest thing for me. It's, it's different, of course, when you just focused on one position or one side of the ball, but just being able to make sure everybody in the entire organization is on the same page. It took growth to get there, and I think ended up in a really good spot this year. We'll close with Sergeant John. Uh, Coach, I know that you, you know, live and love football so much, but how exciting is it for you from a husband, from a father perspective, to be able to take a step away from the game, but just a little bit before you have to start? Family is the most important thing. So for me to get an opportunity to get a break, I don't know if I get a break. My wife is, my wife is, we expect this. My wife is due here in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> I'm on baby watch. So my, <laughs> man, the stress level doesn't stop for me. <laughs> here we are again. All right. New season. But uh, now very thankful for my family always and their support. And seeing them every game, seeing their support, win or lose, seeing those smiles on my kids' face, on my wife's face, it's uh, it's always uplifting to me. So I'm I'm excited to be able to spend some time with them, go hang out in the car line with everyone else. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, definitely be a fun time. Thank you for the question. Hmm? No, we don't know. We're waiting until the actual day. <laughs>
when you talk about the defense, you've always talked about starts up front, you've got two of your starters' contracts up. When you were with 49ers, y'all invested so heavily in the defensive line. How important is it to you to continue to improve up front since you said that sets the tone for everything? The front, again, is everything for me, and we'll invest a ton of resources into the front. If you want to play good defense, your front has to be elite. And that's why I envision us playing elite defensive football, and we we have to get better there. And to get better, you have to invest the resources there up front. So that's what we'll do. That's where our focus is heading into the offseason is to make sure our front gives us an opportunity to win some games. All right. All right, there you go. D'Amico Ryan's live here on Reaction Monday. We'll get it. We'll get into uh, some of the stuff that D'Amico had to say. We'll also look uh, ahead and back for the Texans. A lot to get into. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Reaction Monday continues shortly. It's Reaction Monday Playoff Edition, presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio six ten. Here's in the loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. All right, Texans get embarrassed by the Ravens on Saturday. There, there's no other way to put it. You're, you're tied at half, uh, minus seven yards on their final three drives. Your offense disappears. Bobby Slowick had five job interviews this weekend. His offense scored three points. Um, that's pathetic it was a bad performance by Bobby Slowick uh and we'll 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 give you the latest on what's going on with Bobby Slowick as well as Gerard Johnson throughout the course of the show but let's get into the sweeping takeaways from the game because it does need to be addressed like this sweep it aside and ignore it nah we we thought the Texans were going to be competitive and they weren't let's do OG's sweeping takeaways from the Texans loss to the Ravens yeah look and what D'Amico said first of all is is fully expected and probably right Hey, you know, he's kind of absorbing the whole thing and saying, you know, we've come a long way. Wouldn't expect anything else. We should expect more. We raised the bar on this team. We we, we, we knew that this team was was performing at a high level, and frankly, they flopped. They absolutely flopped. Let me just reiterate a couple of things here. Uh, Laramie Tunsil was a was a huge negative in this game. Like, like you know, he's, he's really good. We know the story, you know. But he was a he was a huge negative. Got a target on my back. Yeah, well, you had a target on your back three times uh, at least, and, and, and maybe more. Uh, but here's the other thing: like in a game like this, Landry, we saw it all weekend. People elevating their games, players, not just quarterbacks, but you want to talk about quarter? Hell, Baker Mayfield played really well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, and he and did. I'm not picking on CJ because I yeah. thought you know, he did the best he could with no running game. First of all, that's another thing. Limited weapons. Yeah, and limited weapons. Uh, we saw like like people are going to crush the Bills, and I get it, but <laughs> Josh Allen was awesome. Like Josh Allen was awesome. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were better, and and other players elevating their games. You know, in, in game after game, the Texans went down. They played less than what the, what, what we expected. Not just Laramie Tunsil. I thought Dalton Schultz. I thought Jalen Petrie. You know, one catch could have turned that entire game, or at least given you a chance. Interception on that first drive. At been least big. given you a chance. And how many penalties? Like, not just Larry, but like just penalties in general. Absolute drive killers. Like, Kaimi Fairbairn, you can't miss that field goal. You can't miss that field goal at the end of the half. That's a momentum shifter, especially when they're getting the ball. So, like, we can say what D'Amico, we can agree with D'Amico, but have different expectations ourselves. This was bad. Yeah, you feel good. I mean, you feel good about the future, but the but the game itself was was bad. I think it was Bobby Slowick's worst performance. I didn't even mention him. Go ahead. Um, that that was 
That was a bad performance by Bobby Slowick. Um, that that reverse was. I mean, Troy Aikman said it best. They're lucky they only lost five yards on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually impressed that Mechie got it back to CJ, and I'm impressed that CJ got it off. Like, they blew that play up. And and uh, the the safety had or whatever had a full had, – had he could run full speed because CJ was lucky to get it off. That was, that was a momentum killer where you're trying to answer Baltimore's uh, first drive. And then I just think the defense – I actually think the defense was good. You, they just ran out of gas. Like they were on the field oh, for exhausted. a long time. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore started started gashing them with the run. Three different backs, by the way. What a concept to have multiple running backs that can make plays. That must be nice. Um, but yeah, I thought the, uh, the the effort by the special teams and the defense in the in the first half to to have you to have a clean slate where it's ten to ten and an opportunity to go tie the game up before that reverse that just completely threw everything off was disappointing. And the other disappointing thing to me was and I, I I watched all the other games, so so there's actually examples of this, but Green Bay when they were playing San Francisco, there was a there was a quarterback sneak by Jordan Love where he clearly got the first down, but they 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 spotted it short. And Matt LaFleur immediately threw the challenge yeah. flag. They reversed it. They got the first down. There was a time in the second half where Devin Singletary was a yard ahead of the uh mm-hmm of the first down marker. I think this was when it was 10 to three or something. And the Texans rushed to the line and tried to run to the left side. Yeah. And they ended up getting, yeah, getting crushed there. There was no, there was no challenge, no thought of it. I just thought the whole feel by Bobby Slowick was a little bit rough. They weren't able to run the ball. They, they need to address the running back position. It was a poor performance. I mean, it, it was a poor performance by the Texans. It was disappointing well, based on the expectations that they've, that they've set for themselves based on what we saw this season. Like, 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 let's call it what it was. Like, if this were not the Texans and we were invested in them, we would be saying this, and I think it's accurate. The moment was too big for this team. I mean, you can go through all the all the plays, all the plays that you I thought so. I, yeah, the moment was too big for this team. They, they they didn't perform. They didn't raise their game at all. They were clearly in 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 some situation. I mean, talk about the Fairbairn kick and others. The moment was too big for them. I hate to say it myself, but it was. It, 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 I mean, I mean, looking at that game, you could say honestly that looked like a team that the moment was too big. Not CJ. You know, going into the game, I said you can worry about a lot of things. But CJ's not gonna he's not gonna fold under this pressure. Offensive line couldn't run block. Running backs couldn't find them. Singletary had one game, uh, one gain, I should say. Uh, I talked about uh, Laramie Tunzel. There's no excuse for that, Laramie. You you are paid way. This is one of those where a lot of times people say, "Oh, you're paid too much to do that." And a lot of times that's ridiculous. In this game, it's not ridiculous. You're paid too much to to have that many false starts. And perform like that. The margin of error was too small for them yeah. to be able to play that the way that they yes. played. Yes. I think that's that's really how I look at it. And and the, as far as the Slowick thing, and I'm going back to him because because his offense was was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a debate, and I, I don't you know I don't think interviewing for jobs prevents you from calling a good game. I don't I don't think that. But but I don't think you can just immediately say it has no impact. I don't know Bobby Slowick. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've seen people like be interviewing for other jobs and then trying to go about and do their own job and they suck at it. They're yeah. MIA. Yeah, Boston. Um, but I but I I don't I think that uh, Bobby Slowick. I, I I think that Bobby Slowick called his worst game. I think that was the worst game that Bobby Slowick's called based on the opportunity, based on the fact that he had a a clean chance at halftime. 
to to adjust based on that reverse pass. Uh, it, it could just be a coincidence, but that that was. For, for the guy that we thought was one of the biggest assets and one of the biggest equalizers, the Bobby Slowick performance for me is what's disappointing. And and I, I like Bobby Slowick. Hell, he might get a head coaching job, and I think he's going to be fine. But th- this was this was one of his worst games. Well, and you mentioned the reverse. They had momentum in that drive, man. They were kind of kind of getting something going, and then you got a little too cute with that. So so I agree with you on that. But it's across the board. Like across the board, you got to play better. You know, Jalen Petrie, you got to make that catch. You got to play better. You can't have another drop. You got away with it against Cleveland, Dalton Schultz. Uh, but and I know they went on to get some points there, but you can't do that. You can't have that. It, it's momentum. It's it's feel. It's all those things. Bobby Slowick, Kaimi Fairbairn, penalties across the board. Defensively, uh, you know, getting 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 pressure on uh, Lamar Jackson, adjusting, uh, throwing the challenge flag, like down the list of things. It was. It just felt like they were not. It was too big for them too soon. On the text line, the two eight one. Come on, they got beat by probably the best team in the NFL. Nobody expected these guys to make the playoffs, much less win the division and win a playoff game. Okay, then don't even watch the game. Like it does. Like if that was. I, I mean, we we talked about this game. Um, C.J. Stroud didn't believe that. If that's the mindset, don't watch the game. It doesn't matter. Like what what mattered in the game doesn't happen then. And and if you wanna if you wanna look at it that way. Uh, that's fine, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to judge this team based on the fact that I thought that they were capable of making noise on Saturday, with the understanding that it was a. When we look back at it, it's going to be a fun season, and the future appears to be very bright. And all I'll say is this: I don't know if they could have, uh, and they probably wouldn't have. I don't know if they could have won that game, but because of everything that we've been talking about, they didn't even have a chance. They, they, they deserve to have a chance to be there uh, in the second half, and they weren't. That, that's my point. Coming up, localizing it, localizing what happened in the NFL. What is the Texans' hope to succeeding the next time they get this opportunity? And how much of a hand does Nick Casario have in it? Localizing it next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're making the stories from outside the loop matter to you. This is Localize It. Don't you know I'm local? You're in the loop on Houston's Sports Leader. Sports Radio 610. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they they, they whoop up on the Texans. 34-10 to 10 was the score. Here's C.J. Stroud talking about Lamar Jackson hosting the AFC Championship. Yeah, Lamar's a dog. I've been a fan of his since... High school, really, I mean, since the highlight of him, like, juking the dude back and putting his hands up. Since that moment, I was like, man, who's this dude? So, I mean, it's just a 
it's really uh, an honor to share a field with a, with a player like that. Um, he's a generational talent. He's a hell of a quarterback. He can run. He can throw. He's a definitely an underrated thrower. Um, he, he, he was tossing around the wind today, you know. Um, and I'm just I'm um, uh, a fan of his, you know. And got to talk to him after the games. Just see mutual respect is, is love, and I appreciate that a lot. So hope the best for him and and, um, and everything like that. And, and props to Lamar Jackson. You know, we were talking. I was talking about the uh, the. the- playoff history the the rating all that type of stuff he went out there and did this did his thing uh and and they wore out the texans defense and and he got the uh the job done now he's going to host the afc championship game against patrick mahomes on the afc side then on the nfc side you got uh san francisco versus detroit i think if if you were to ask me to localize this and try to bring this back to the texans who you said j-lo that they they just the moment was too big for them. Look that way. Yeah, the moment was too big for them. If I had to if I had to explain the four results of this weekend's action, I would say two wins was were because the quarterback was him, and that's Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And and you could even sprinkle in systematic stuff with the Chiefs as well. But I think the other two were systematic uh and personnel type of stuff outside of the quarterback and i'm talking about san francisco and detroit Mm -hmm. i think the texans kind of have a combination of of both of those things but they're there this is a real crucial off uh off season for nick casario he's gonna have to address the right things uh he's gonna have to get more around cj stroud and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to have a better plan of attack uh than the one that they did on Saturday, and 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 they're gonna have to. I don't think it's a CJ thing. I think it's a, they gotta they gotta do right by CJ and get more around him. That's uh, number one priority. Uh, you're right. Uh, they, they're kind of a combo of both those things. And as far as like the Texans and 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 uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, you know, when I say the moment might have been too big for them and they didn't elevate their games, that doesn't mean they can't and won't. I'm saying at this point, that's what it looked like. And the best example of that is the team they were playing. They elevated their game. Like like Lamar Jackson elevated his game. That defense second half for sure. That that defense elevated its game. Uh and so that's what I'm talking about. I don't know if it's experience or whatever, uh but 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 certainly that that's where you needed to look. The good thing about uh the Texans is they they have their guy as you said, but they also have the opportunity to surround him. You know, with, with some of these other things and the system, the system is going to be in place. I don't know what Bobby Slowick's going to do. I don't know what Gerard Johnson's going to do, but this is what D'Amico Ryan's knows. This system and it it's works. CJ knows, and it's what CJ knows. There's talk about the offensive line. They're not going to touch the offensive line. They're already invested in the offensive line. Laramie Tunsil's the highest paid left tackle in the league. Titus Howard is going to be a. T- <laughs> 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 Titus Howard is going to be yeah, right over there. Oh, <laughs> throwing about, up, almost throwing up over here. Talking about Titus. Titus Howard is going to be a top five paid yeah. right tackle in the league. Yeah. Shaq Mason's, uh, I think, a top twelve, top fifteen highest paid guard. Uh, and then you have a first round pick invested in Kenyon Green. You have a second round pick invested in Juice Scruggs, and you have a lot of other depth guys on the interior. So. If the offensive line is going to improve, it's going to have to be cohesive. And it would be nice for this Titus Howard three-year, $56 million extension to at least look okay and not look like a disaster. Because when you start talking about having to let guys like Jonathan Gennard go, perhaps, because you have to make these tough decisions eventually, Mm -hmm. um, 
it would be nice for Titus Howard to be a really, really, really good right tackle. But it, the crazy thing is, mm-hmm. when you talk about this offensive line, it, you, you don't even like... Like when when you talk about the wide receivers, yeah, and, and you tell me if I'm having a straw man or not, but I'm 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 in the Texan streets as much as anyone else. Mm-hmm. But when you hear about the wide receivers, it's like, yeah, we need a wide receiver, but at least we're getting Tank back, and Tank's awesome. So it's you you know we didn't have Tank and we missed Tank. How many times have you heard? We're, I'm on the text line. I'm on the YouTube stream every day. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard someone say about this offensive line? Well, at least they're getting Titus Howard at right tackle yeah, next year. Right, right. At least they're getting Titus Howard back. Have you? Do you hear that? No, but there is one. Uh, you, you, Juice Scruggs. Like, yeah, like he's in. Like, like, like he. he yeah, he's he, going to be good. He, he, he's in. Where you put him exactly? Who knows? But this offensive line has got but to be good. It has to be good, but it's not going to be because they add any pieces. It's set. Right, right. Otherwise, otherwise they just have to be better. Uh, Laramie Tunsil has to has to be better than he's done. He does not have a target on his back, people. He doesn't have a target on his back. He just doesn't. Uh, Titus Howard, you mentioned it. I mean, he has to be worth that money. You know, he he has to be. There's no question about it. Yeah, so so the offensive line, they're not changing. They, they need weapons around C.J. Stroud. They need multiple running backs. They need, they need multiple running backs that can make plays. If Devin Singletary is one of them, that's fine. But they need to... They need to sign a running back. They need to draft running backs. They need multiple running backs. You know, you know a big part of why Baltimore was able to wear your ass down in the second half? They had three of them. They had three. They mm-hmm. wore you out. Justice Hill was making plays in the pass game. Yep. Gus Edwards was thrashing you. Dalvin Cook came in off the couch, and Dalvin yep. Cook had his longest run of the year yeah. and then had another run. Like it's, it's hard to ask even the best of the best running backs to just carry the full load, but asking Devin Singletary to do that and expecting him to do that – I mean, you got to get some guys who can make plays in the pass game. That they they said they want a running back committee. You got to make that happen. And at the receiver position, you've got to get you've got to get more more going for you at the receiver position than they have. Even with Tank and Nico, the more the merrier. You have the opportunity right now. You have CJ on his rookie deal, so you've you've got weapons on offense. For me, is the number one priority for this team. Because make no mistake about it, if the Texans had showed up on offense and not only scored three points, and they had been able to at least ease the pressure off of the defense, which wore down in the second just half. Just up time. Just something. Yeah. Then this would have been a ball game. The, yeah. the, the story here is the defense ran out of gas after an elite performance in the first half, yeah. and the offense was a no-show. They never showed up. And Tank Dell uh, is going to be electrifying. We know that. You still need another wide receiver. You still don't know. I mean, we're, we're ending the season. You know, 19 games. We don't know about John Mechie. We don't know about Xavier Hutchinson. We What's Robert Woods going to be? You know, what? Where, where, where's he going to go? Uh, so, yeah, you need another weapon at the wide receiver position. And priority number one, I've been saying for a while now, has got to be running back. You need it, multiple. It, it, it's got multiple. to be running There's back. not a first-round back. There's not a Jameer Gibbs. By the way, the Lions regret taking Gibbs in the first round. For yeah. all you draft nerdy Yeah, nerdy pretty people. good play, didn't he? Yeah, is he, <laughs> do they regret that? Yeah. Do the 49ers regret trading for Christian McCaffrey, trading damn near half a draft? Yeah. Tell me that. Do they? Yeah. Uh, did that Isaiah Pacheco guy have like a pretty Whew. decent impact on what's going on with the Chiefs? Do they win that game without Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah. I'm just asking. And the Ravens had three backs. Take it serious. Mm-hmm. Take it serious. And I hear this like the, the funniest thing for me is it's the offensive line. Nobody could run behind this offensive line. All right, you were 
People were saying that same thing when Damian Pierce was running the ball earlier this year, but you know what? They put Devin Singletary in, and all of a sudden the running game got better. Yeah. The running backs can make the offensive line better. Texans need running backs. Big time. Weapons for CJ. Big time. Period. They, they, that would be my number one priority. And we're going to have a lot of time to talk about all this stuff. But yeah. in, in, in the wake of this game, it just kind of highlights. Oh, yeah. Like, it highlights, like, oh, yeah. okay, that's what a championship team – you know, yeah. AFC Championship game team looks Battle like. tested, yeah. too. I mean, it, it was the first time the Texans had been there. We acknowledge that. Yeah. We acknowledge that. I think that. it was an impact. I really do, and yeah. I hate to say it. We acknowledge that. Yeah. But, man, let's get some let's get some weapons out there. Mm-hmm. For real. Let's let's get some weapons out there uh, and help CJ out. We'll, we'll figure this out. That offensive line, man, hopefully they get better. I, I hope to God. Like, I hope Titus Howard, like, the contract that they gave him looks smart. Because when, when we're talking about Jonathan Grenard and – I know people will say, well, you have $70 million in cap space. You're going to have to make tough decisions because mm-hmm. you're going to have to look at paying Nico Collins. You're gonna, the, eventually, the Titus Howard stuff's going to happen. You're going to have to eventually pay C.J. Stroud. Um, the, the Howard extension looks interesting. Hopefully, he comes back and he's a good right tackle. Uh, if he puts as much into that as he does searching his name on Twitter, I think we might be onto something. So, we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Uh, here on in the loop the on Sports one. Radio 610. Oh, we'll get into that when the <laughs> internet goes nuts. My gosh. That was He's not the only rough. one. Rough. That was <laughs> rough. Coming up, let's hear from CJ Stroud. Let's hear from uh, CJ what he had to say. Plus, little love for CJ, but also some smack talk next. It's Reaction Monday Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Hi, Here's In The Loop with John Lopez and Landry. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, what am I, Laramie Tunsil? I was about to say that. I'll start, start on, on your me. back. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, C.J. Stroud. Hell of a season uh, for C.J. Stroud. Roquan Smith on the field. He showed him love. I guess then he showered uh, and started feeling himself a little bit. Uh, this is Roquan on the field uh, talking about C.J. Stroud. Much respect to those guys. Those guys were really hot, Stroud. So much respect for him, young guy, and, you know, he's going to be one of the best in the league for a long time. So much respect for him and the guys, D'Amico. Uh, absolutely great year, but there's a villain to every story. All right, there's a villain to every story. That's cute. Then he put his cowboy hat on. He put a black cowboy hat on, Roquan Smith, and uh, this is what he had to say about your Texans. You're going to be pretty ticked off. Uh, I warn you in advance before we hear from C.J. Stroud. Here's what Roquan had to say as he wore his black cowboy hat in the Ravens locker room after the 34-10 thumping of the Texans. You know, they had a great season, but, hey, it had to end, and, you know, we delivered. Whoever come has to get dealt with. There's a villain to every story, and, hey, a Cinderella story ended, so on to the next. Hey, Ro, guys who wear the black hats are feared or bad guys? Uh, is this a role you're adopting for the postseason? <laughs> I had my boots at the house today, and then I was just like, hey, when I was thinking about it this morning, I'm like, hey, they are the Texans and they are the Cowboys, but, you know, I got this hat on, so I'm daddy. I'm daddy. He's daddy. Okay. They're not villains. Like, the the Ravens are not villains. Nah, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I'm sleeping not. on the Ravens. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I'll be. I'll be happy for you if you yes. advance. I'll, I'll be very happy for you. I don't. I don't look at them like that. The Ravens are the team you're pulling for now, right? In the AFC. Yeah, although, I think so, Figgy. Although yeah. even even someone like me who hates the the whole Travis Kelsey type of joint and and the way that Mahomes and Andy Reid have acted at certain times this year, like. That that was a gutsy ass win. Like, oh man! Like, to go on the road and have a complete win like that, and I actually thought it was just a schematic, uh, 
the way that Andy Reid called the game as it, as it was like Mahomes going out there and outplaying Josh Allen. So I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta give the Chiefs respect. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to accept any results. Uh, really, the the team that I hate is the Lions. They they bother me. The Lions. I don't know why you? they bother me. They just, I just think they're a bit team. They bother me. Although they motivate me because the off season that they had, in which they brought in. Or they drafted Jameer Gibbs and they drafted Sam Laporta. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of uh, that kind of motivates me to where Nick Casario could uh, could maybe do something like that and 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 elevate the Texans' offense the way the Lions' offense has. And and CJ Stroud's already better than Goff. By the way, they could have had that combo. They tra- they made the Will Anderson trade though. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm I'm fine with. That. I like the Will Anderson trade. Uh, B Scott did text me yesterday. He's like, man, I like Will Anderson, but I would like to have. Gibbs and Laporta a you little think? bit more. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well. Man, Laporta. <laughs> whew, what a player he is. I think the Lions are the are America's team right now. Uh, <laughs> America's darlings. Come on. Yeah, they are. Come on. They're the underdog. They're oh the ultimate God. underdog. I mean, you don't have to like them, but I think they are the team that, that uh, like, just casual okay. NFL fans are going to want to be pulling for. Well, that, that's great. I'll be <laughs> – they ain't beating San Fran this weekend. I don't, I don't think, think they are, but I think that's the team that people are playing. Uh, by the way, Zach Ertz signed with the Lions today. I didn't know that was allowed. Uh, I know I know he got released earlier, so you, you can sign NFC Championship Week. Congratulations to him. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Another option. Why'd you choose the Lions, Will? I don't know. Let me think about that. <laughs> are they playing this week? <laughs> <laughs> he Honestly, he... he, he he should get a Cuban zirconium ring if they win. <laughs> it shouldn't if they win the Super Bowl. It shouldn't even be a real ring. <laughs> should be plastic, like a quarter Where machine. Should hmm. Hmm. Huh. Where should I sign? Where should I sign? Okay, I'll go to Detroit. Lions seem like a good team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah why not? Unbelievably just, just ridiculous. Spitballing here. <laughs> Unbelievably uh, ridiculous. C.J. Stroud, man, one of the best rookie seasons in NFL history. He gives the Texans hope. The future is bright. With CJ, but don't tell him that Saturday wasn't disappointing. Here's the quarterback of your Houston Texans, his final words uh, of the 2023 season. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank my Lord, <clears throat> my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, it's been a heck of a, a heck of a year. I think Demico hit on the nail. Our future is bright, man. But uh, it, these type of losses suck. You know, uh, that's a great Ravens team over there, and they they deserve to win. It's tough to just you know get embarrassed like that, but. Definitely, I think our future definitely is bright. What do you feel like is the biggest thing you could possibly take away from from this? Offensively, just can't keep going backwards like that. There's too many um, penalties, um, too many missed assignments. You know, just uh, my part, I got to run the offense better. You know, so um, just got to get better there. CJ, you talked about penalties. How much did those five or six penalties in the first quarter kind of hurt you guys establishing the first? You watch the game. I mean, moving the ball pretty well. <clears throat> those things hinder a drive. I mean, it's hard to operate on third and long every time, you know, so, um, yeah. This season, as you stand here now, feel like a success? Um, I mean, it's hard to answer that right now. I feel, I mean, I know where I come from in college, like, if you don't win at all, like, then it's kind of a fail, so that's kind of like the mindset I have. Um, I think we have the capability, we have the team to do it. I know, um, yeah, it's a, it, we come up short, you know, so, like, you can't look back and, like, dang, like, we didn't do nothing special. You got to, of course, like really look back and, and, and smile throughout everything. But at the same time, like, it's like, dang, man, what, what if? And that, that's, that's the worst feeling, you know, just having regrets. What if? What if I did this? What if I did that? You know, so um, just learning experiences. CJ, what did you learn about this team, specifically your head coach, that you didn't know before you got to Houston? Um, 
honestly, like, I already knew that, like, this team was, was a team full of fighters. I mean, you look at last year, I think uh, we only lost, like, six, six games from a one score, you know, and I was like, man, they're close. So I already knew that. I mean, it's honestly, like, you don't know what you don't know coming in as a rookie. Like, I can't really say, oh, I didn't, I didn't expect this, I didn't expect that. I just honestly trusted God that he put me in the right uh, on the right team and the, with the right coaches, uh, with the right players. And, and, I mean, all in all, it, it seems like that was true. So I'm just really thankful for that. But it's nothing I look back and be like, man, I didn't trust this. I didn't know this. I didn't. I just really I came in with just like clean slate. I'm going to trust what my coaches are telling me, what my teammates, and I'm just going to try to put my best foot forward. What's, what's the one thing you're most grateful for from this or sort of season that you've had this year? Other uh, relationships. Um, just the guys who I got to line it up with. Um, it's hard to come in, especially guys who come in from other teams, other successful teams, and just trust a rookie quarterback, you know, and those guys, like, um, full-fledged full is really bought into um, what I was really, like, hoping, hoping to become, and they helped me along the way. So um, a lot of confidence building that they helped me with and things like that. So, man, the main thing I look back is just the relationships and the people who I built real bonds with this year. What point do you say that's running back? Shoot tomorrow, and <laughs> uh, I'm gonna enjoy this off season, man. I'm not gonna lie; it's been the longest year of my life. Uh, I've been through a lot of ups and downs on the field, off the field, and I'm just super, super blessed, man. I do everything like I told y'all before. Pressure's a privilege, and it's hard. Like it's, the stand up here is it may seem easy out there, but it's hard. You know, I work really hard. I appreciate you guys for the whole year. Um, but yeah, man, I think the foundation we set is. Is a hard, hard one built on rock, like D'Amico always talks about. But um, yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm continue to work my tail off next year to make the city of Houston proud, make my my family members proud, make God proud. Um, and yeah, so I appreciate you guys. God bless. All right, we'll see how it goes. That's uh, C.J. Stroud's final words. Not really. I mean, he he said as much that that Saturday was disappointing. Like yeah. we not, none of us really saw that coming. Like that type of performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming, it was a no show on offense. Like that's that's the thing. Like we can talk about holes, we can talk about moments, we can talk about outmanned and all that. But it it was it was a literally a no show on offense. The Texans only four times this year have the Ravens not allowed a touchdown in a game, and the Texans are responsible for two of those. Bobby Slowick, his offense put together mm-hmm. this year against the Ravens four field goals. He had five interviews this weekend. They had three points. He had five interviews this weekend. So that that was the disappointing thing is that it was it was a total no show on offense and they they tried to buy as much time as they could on defense and special teams and just ran out of gas and and I I get the whole oh you know it's a great season man get that out of here that, get, that's get what, that that's what the head coach says and that's what the head coach that's should soft stuff out of here uh, that, that's what the head coach says we'll get it we'll get into that later and that's what the head coach should say uh, but now for the good news <laughs> you know. Because it, it was too much, and the offense was too little, and I thought the moment was too big, and, and, and I never thought I'd be saying that on Monday morning today. Um, but the good news is you do have that guy. You know, that, that guy that you just heard. The things that you need yes. the most, you have. <laughs> yes. The things that you need the most, you have. Yes, and, and this is a different feeling like from any other playoff loss that the Texans have had because you, you, you know, you're kind of feeling, even back in the day, like, Okay, can they duplicate this? Can they duplicate this with Matt Schaub? Can they duplicate this? Can they surround? Uh, can can Deshaun Watson overcome Bill O'Brien and and Tim Kelly and all that? You're not worried about that anymore. 
you you know you have the coach. You know you have uh, the quarterback. You will have an offensive coordinator that is they're, they're going to be fighting for this job. You know, uh, if, if if Gerard Johnson doesn't get it, if Bobby Slowick leaves, they're going to be fighting for this job. So that's the good news. But you can't, you know, you, you can't ignore that that this was a huge disappointment. And I think that's a good thing. The fact that I was so it upset. It should be. Yeah, it should be. Like, you don't move the goalposts. Like, we came yeah. into this game. We said they weren't playing with house money. We said that yeah. uh, they're going to compete. You and Figgy picked them to win the game. Yeah. And they, they lost. Yeah. They lost. So I, acknowledge it. I, acknowledge I, it. Don't ignore it. Yeah. I think it's a it's a good thing that, you, that we're upset. Uh, because a lot of times we wouldn't be this upset. We'd be like, oh, well. Maybe next year, let's see what they can do. Can they find the right? No, you got the right pieces, and we're upset that they that they kind of laid an egg uh, offensively. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing because now just take care of those other parts, those other pieces, and you might be on to something. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't want to like start it off with, you know, hey, it was a great Me season. Neither. It was an awesome neither. season. Nah, no. let's acknowledge the game. Yeah, the game was a disaster. It was a disappointment. Yeah, it was. It was not. It, it doesn't like eliminate what happened. Yeah, it was a thought. Like, if if I would have, if I would have come on here and been like, "Hey, you know, the future's bright. <laughs> Let's ignore that season." That's some soft ass. Shit. All that soft talking. I know you can do it, man. You got, you got the. Man, shut that soft ass up, man. So, you ain't with me. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I had Adrian Bronner in my head when I came in here. <laughs> well, you should have. Uh, I, 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 I think that that Texans fans that are like patting this team on the head, on the shoulder pads, and saying, good job, you know, it was a great season, you did better. That's not wrong, but it's also kind of like a cop-out. It's a cop-out from what we we could have had. I'll say it again. I don't know if they would have won, but I know they should have had a chance. They should have been in it. They should have. I mean, yeah. the offense should have given them a, The, the yeah. offense should have rewarded the defense's yes. efforts. Yes. I mean, minus seven yards on their final three drives? That's awesome. Yeah. And then you go out there, that, that double reverse, that the, <laughs> I, I, that double that double reverse was just so bad. And people are acting kind of brand new about it. Like, first of all, it it wasn't one block away from being a good play. It was blown up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like they John Mechie, I'm surprised he even got it back to CJ. And I'm surprised CJ got it off because he couldn't throw it the way he wanted to throw it. So it sailed. So the guy had a running start. Yeah. George Fant can't go upfield and block a safety before the ball's thrown. It doesn't work like that. It was blow it was blown up from the beginning. Troy Aikman said you're lucky to lose five yards. But the thing that bothered me the most about it is it's not even revisionist history. It's not hindsight's 2020. And by the way, mm-hmm. what is that stupid-ass dot thing that Bill Barnwell does where he puts dots of the football play and tries to explain it? Like, oh, if they miss this block, yeah, why don't you sail the football there too, buddy? <laughs> like, it's it, it's completely different. But what did we say was the most annoying thing about Bobby Slowick's play calling and the play that he just could not quit? We even had an over-under on Friday about it. How many times have you heard me say, he sure does like reverses. God, he and, sure and does. Right like in re- that situation <laughs> where you're averaging less he than one sure yards a carry, does like reverses. Singletary gets to inside the you 40. You had momentum, ran, dude. You run a double reverse with yeah. your fourth and fifth receiver and try to swing it back, and then you lose the five yards, yeah. and it's just like a complete buzzkill. Yeah, they had momentum on that drive. Man, Bobby, that yeah. was rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, Tennessee is going to interview Dan Quinn for a second time, so who knows what happens. Um, with Bobby Slowick, uh, he has completed five interviews now, so it's TBD whether or not Bobby's going to be here. Gerard Johnson has a couple of interview requests 
as well, uh, Cleveland and uh, New Orleans. So the offensive staff, who knows what's going to happen there. We'll get into the ideal realistic outcome of that coming up shortly, but I actually thought I was actually fine with D'Amico's defense. I, I think they just ran out, ran out they of were gas. Gassed. Yeah, I don't I, like. I didn't. I don't think there was anything like schematically wrong with D'Amico's defense. They just got worn out in that second half. But before that, he was blitzing more than he'd ever than he'd ever blitzed. Uh, that that was the largest amount of blitzes, mm-hmm. and you had you had held the Ravens to ten points, and it was tied. Eventually, though, it was it wasn't like the wrong defense was being called. No. They weren't they. They were giving Lamar Jackson time to throw, and they were just getting gas. And I thought Bobby Slowick, you know, we talk about the reverse. I thought he was doing something that he should have done more, and for some reason he just did it in little spurts. They were having success with the no huddle. Like like, the, like he went no huddle, which was not really them very you know, very often this season, and they started you know, keeping the, the Ravens defense, uh, the personnel the same. They started having a little success here, and then he would get away from it. I mean, I get it. You know, you these are you, you got to keep things. You know, you got to keep players fresh. But I thought he got away from the no huddle a little too much. Like it was working. Well, he probably should have challenged that spot in the second that quarter too. too, like Green yeah. Bay did. Mm-hmm. They ran to the line and then they got stuffed and then they ended up punting. Yeah, that was that's great. the one part. But but that I thought great. the no huddle was successful. And Jalen Petrie had that opportunity, man. And I don't know, I don't know if the game looks different or not, but that one opportunity where. It's 10-10. Baltimore's driving. Jalen Petrie, he sees Lamar Jackson's eyes perfectly. Both hands. Kind of dives, has both hands, kind of looks like he has another shot, and it goes down. Even when he was making the right play, he just wasn't making the play. Yeah. And I think it's going to be an interesting bounce back for Jalen Petrie. I, I, I think he has the makeup. I think he has the talent. I think he has the ability to be able to bounce back from this year. But, man, it that – that was the one opportunity, and and Jalen Petrie goes, he get, he gets blanked for the season, no interceptions this year. Well, that goes back to my point. Nobody who needed to elevate their game elevated their game. Uh, not for the Texans, for the Ravens they did, because Jalen Petrie, I, I I I think it does make a difference. I don't know if they win again, but I think they have a, that that after the first half, and to be able to stop them right there in the end zone, man, that could have been a lot different. I could have been a lot different. Just didn't catch the ball. Yep, no doubt. Coming up, what's the ideal realistic outcome uh, with the men who have been closest to C.J. Stroud uh, during this historic season? Bobby Slowick, Gerard Johnson, they both got a lot of interest. What's the ideal outcome for the Texans next? It's Reaction Monday Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. All right, so Bobby Slowick's offense scores three points on a weekend in which he has five uh, job interviews. Interesting stat. Gerard Johnson, uh, he's got two requests as well. Quarterback coach... Uh, for the Texans. He's got an offensive coordinator interview uh, in Cleveland uh, as well as in New Orleans. What's the ideal ending here? Um, and and I, I mean, let's let's just assume that you can't keep both. What's what's the ideal ending for, for this situation in which the, the Texans have two of C.J. Stroud's very important resources in high demand? The ideal ending is don't lose both. You can't okay. you can't lose both. Yeah. I mean, you can. And and as I said earlier, somebody you know, great offensive coordinators, up and coming offensive coordinators are gonna be tripping over themselves trying to get this job to work with CJ Stroud and D'Amico. 
Yeah. But in terms of fluidity and and keeping things going the way they are, everything else, if Bobby Slowick gets a head coaching job, do whatever you can to keep Gerard. Like like whatever you can. Uh, everything. And in fairness, we don't, we've never seen Gerard call plays. So I mean that right. that would be I mean that, that it'll be a, a a first for him as well. So um there is that, you know. But it works uh, both ways too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Like like if Gerard gets a job, <laughs> make Bobby Slowick Ben Johnson. You know, <laughs> you know, make 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 sure he stays uh at least another year. I think the ideal, yeah, the ideal is don't lose both. Um I <laughs> I, I like Bobby. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Bobby get another shot uh, as the OC here. I, I don't know that he's going to get hired. You know, he's he's popular right now. I think it's inevitable that eventually he does. Uh, I thought this was one of his worst games. I do think he's kind of limited personnel-wise. Uh, I think there was times I found myself defending Bobby Slowick more than criticizing. There mm-hmm. was, I mean, there's criticism. For sure. I mean, I, I was pissed For off sure. at him uh, this week. It really, really mad at him uh, this weekend, but... I think in a perfect scenario, you, you get Bobby Slowick back and you get one more year with CJ and then whoever you got to groom and figure out, uh, it's there. Hell, it could be Case Keenum. Like if Gerard leaves, maybe Case Keenum becomes the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Maybe Case Keenum wants to get into coaching. So mm-hmm. you have Slowick and Case Keenum, who, who was basically like another quarterback coach as well. So if you ask me, like we have to keep one or the other, I would say keep Slowick and – Find a quarterback coach, whether it's Case Keenum or something like that, and 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 give Slowick another chance to to call plays, and and I think he's only going to improve because it was his first year of doing it. The the reality of it, though, Landry, is like these guys have families, and and they want to make sure that they take care of those families, just like you and me, just like you, me, Figgy, uh, all of us. Like, there's a lot of money to be had out there for Bobby Slowick and for Gerard Johnson, to be honest. I mean, you know, three years ago, uh, Gerard was was just another grunt, you know, in, in Indianapolis, you know. And so the, the reality is they have to look at it for themselves, too. You know, like their their financial future, their stability. I also and all do that think stuff. from Gerard's point of view, you got to play some chess, brother. You you do like and you I do. and I and I'm not just saying this because he's no, a I friend totally of the show agree. and like him like I, in his situation like I think he needs to look at this as a four year plan and making the making the immediate decision with immediate satisfaction uh, it it could lead to you having to turn your four year plan into a six or seven year plan because right now you're in position to where you're already getting these calls and stuff those are not going to go away especially as long as you have C J Stroud and if you have Slowick over you so. At the very least, if I'm Gerard Johnson, I'm not going to tell him what to do. I am waiting to see if Slowick leaves or not because the, the ideal scenario for Gerard Johnson is you take over for Slowick and we find out if you can call plays or not because if you go to New Orleans and you're calling plays for Derek Carr with a coach that's basically a dead man walking, I don't know how that ends for you. If you go to Cleveland and Deshaun Watson looks like he has, you know, for the better part of the last year and a half or whatever, then who knows what happens? You basically take some steps back. I'm sure the door would be open here, Mm -hmm. but I do think there's like an element of chess and there's a lot of leverage that Gerard has. I don't think he's like starving for money or anything like that. And and there's there's a lot of other factors that I think you should take into account. Well, what you really need to take into account, what you have with, with CJ Stroud, very few quarterback coaches. I mean, they all have a great relationship. You would presume with their quarterback, but this close, this deep, this long, uh, this trusting, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud is a is a is a great reason to stay if Bobby Slowick leaves. Just just C.J. Stroud, uh, 
Now, you talk about the New Orleans job and the Cleveland Browns job. Um, there are a lot of there are more negatives in New Orleans than positives. If you want to be the OC over there, you touched on a couple. How long is Dennis Allen going to be there? Derek Carr. Derek, how it, can Derek like, Carr? What are we doing? Can Derek Carr do, do anything? Yeah, can Derek Carr do anything? I mean, there are some positives too. If you're if you're a confident quarterbacks coach and you turn that around, you're head yeah. coach the year after next. Yeah, you're head coach. You're head coach in the 2025 20, season. But it's a big if. It's a big if. And, and I don't yeah. I don't think that if exists if you stay here. Uh, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, I don't the, think his OC opportunities are going to be gone. The relationship you have with C.J. Stroud should be a huge X factor. Yeah. And from C.J. Stroud's perspective, too. Like, yeah. he loves Gerard. Yeah. He he trusts him. He's known him since he was 16, 17. Yeah. Uh, so, so you got to take that into account. Now, the Browns' job is interesting. Yeah. Uh, because Gerard has a previous relationship with Deshaun, too. They're yeah. completely different personalities. Yeah. But to the, I think the, he's kind of keeping Quincy at an arm's length now as yeah, opposed it, to. And if you can get Deshaun going. Yeah. You're that right. one would be a little tricky because yeah. their head coach is an offensive guy. Correct. And I think he's still going to be calling Correct. the plays and all yeah. that stuff. So yeah. how much control and is And they don't Gerard have draft picks have. and salary cap. Yeah, and they're in you a know? hell of a division. Yeah. I See, part of me would be like, on, on one hand you say, well, slow it goes, Gerard becomes OC. We, we've never seen Gerard call plays. So so I, I, I do think that has to be acknowledged. We don't know. I, I think obviously – there's intrigue there and you would figure it out. So part of me says that the other part of me just like from, I just don't know that like, it, I don't know. Like if you told me right now, if I'm Gerard Johnson, I'm being, I'm being 100% serious. I'm not just saying this. Mm -hmm. If you offered me to be OC in new Orleans, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Right. Cause I think you got to look at it from a three-year plan. You, you do. So I, when the Bobby stays here, if Bobby stays here, I'm, I'm staying as quarterback coach. For okay. another season, I'm not. I'm not going to call plays in New Orleans. Now, there's other opportunities that could come up that are intriguing, but if you tell me that I'm I'm going to work with Derek Carr, right, right now, if if Ish hits the fan and 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 you miss out, then you're trying. You're basically going back to trying to find a quarterback, uh, a quarterback gig. I've, you've seen people many times in life where. You're in. You're at a stable organization. You have a decent outlook, but you want immediate satisfaction. So you 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 go somewhere else for another opportunity. It might not be as stable. And next thing you know, you're on the job market in a year and a half, two years, and you're basically having to start over, as opposed to just kind of riding it out there. Yeah. No. No. You're right. Uh. You know. Philosophically, there may be other jobs come open for him too. We don't know. Like 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 he's he's interviewed for the. Uh, or will interview for the Saints and the Browns. There might be other jobs that come open that have that offer that stability, and then the, and then this comes into play. And let's just be honest. I don't know how much money he makes, but it isn't a million dollars because he'll get a million as a coordinator. You know, and you have to think that way. Yeah. You know, uh, same thing with Bobby Slowick. I don't know how much money. But he's but if you push back, but if you push back the opportunity to be a head coach and, and you and you Correct. take that risk, then then you're you're pushing back six. Right. But then think about Bobby Slowick. What a Slowick great, should take any head coaching gig correct. he can get. Because that's, yeah, yeah, that's from Slowick, five, yeah, that's, that's the top. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the top. Mm -hmm. and, and and you're probably going to get some wiggle room. From from Slowick's perspective, yeah. I mean, if you get offered any of these head coaching gigs, you got to take it. Maybe not Carolina. Now, don't go up there and be David Coley and say, I took this job because it's one of 32. Maybe, maybe like, <laughs> sell, sell it a little bit better than that. But, yeah. yeah, from Slowick's perspective, you take the head coaching gig. You take the head coaching gig. But ideally, Slowick, that decision comes first. 
like Slowick as a as a head coach. Yeah, if I'm because then Gerard's just sitting there going, okay. Yeah, you got to yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, okay. But but the yeah, <laughs> that's that's the thing for Gerard. Like even yeah. with everything said, like best case scenario, like as far as title, you're going to be an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's not ready to be a head coach yet. Correct. So if that's the case, the best offensive coordinating opportunity you can get is home in Houston. Wife's from here. You know C.J. Stroud. You're probably going to get a raise, I would think. Oh, I mean, sure. th- there's going to be a raise. Oh, for sure. And you're not going to Cleveland in a weird situation. That Deshaun thing is a disaster, man. Yeah. It's an absolute disaster right now. Uh, it could end up being fine. Who knows? But that, that, is a, that is a disaster. And then New Orleans, you at least, I think, would have to wait it out. The the the, the real interesting thing, and I, and I don't know, you know, everybody knows I know Gerard, but I'm, I don't ask him about this stuff. I don't know where his mind is on this. If he thinks I can go to Cleveland with that defense, that head coach, and I can make Deshaun work, like yeah. really work, yeah, he's a head coach in two years. But I just don't want to – if I'm going to go there and be an OC, I, I just don't want to deal with the helicopter dad. Yes. I don't want to deal with the Quincy Avery element. And I know he knows Quincy a little bit. I know Quincy's kind of trying to clout chase and, like, shout out Gerard and stuff. And with, with, with what's happened, you know, the last – three years and stuff with Quincy and all that, you mm-hmm. know, setting up massages and whatever the hell he was doing, getting cross-examined and, and acting the way he has. I, I just don't know that I want to deal with that yeah. helicopter dad factor. Yeah. That. That's just me, though. So let's get a decision on Bobby real quick. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. Give That's me that, what we want. Give me that call. Bobby, what you doing, man? <laughs> what's up, Bobby? Bobby, what's up? <laughs> I'm interviewing. Hurry yeah. up. And calling double reverse passes at an unnecessary <laughs> time. Coming up, the hits are lit. Let's talk about the other action this weekend. Shots fired at the Texans and perhaps the the most viral moment of the weekend and a big signing for the Astros next. It's Reaction Monday, Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. The hits! Are lit here on In the Loop on Sports Radio 610. These are the hot stories of the day. You're listening to In the Loop with Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610. All right. Let's hear from CJ Stroud. Texans embarrassed on Saturday, but the future is bright. Here's CJ Stroud talking about that. Future is bright, man, but uh, it, these type of losses suck. You know, it's tough to just. You know, get embarrassed like that. Definitely, I think our future definitely is bright. It is bright. I, I mean, I think we would all agree with that. Now, that, I don't think that should just be something where you just sweep the game to the side, especially with the way that they looked. But mm-hmm. the future is bright. You feel good. But I thought DJ Anime put it out there pretty interestingly. Like, five of eight teams who made the divisional round last year didn't make it this year. And that was a reason for optimism this year. Mm-hmm. It's also a reason to y- you at least be aware of that. I saw he was getting, like, destroyed. I think Stapleton over there. Right. I-, I love Stapleton said, you know, you must be a blast at parties, the weather guy at uh, KPRC, I think. Um, mm. No, that's true. That's why D'Amico and CJ say that uh, it's it's rare opportunities. D'Amico said some- it today. Yeah, so I don't I – don't, I don't, have any reason i mean this was the reason for optimism last year it's the reason to know you don't assume that the best is is yet to come in this league like if you're betting on it you think the texans will be right there maybe at the top maybe uh very much better but hell sheldon rankin said it on this show live like about this opportunity and yeah. why it was so important. there's a lot of variables there's yeah. injuries yeah like like that joe burrow got hurt this year mm-hmm. uh there's there's a lot of stuff that can happen the schedule gets tougher 
Yes, it does. I mean, it's it's just it's just something that happens, and and I think it's something to be aware of. And, and when you have opportunities like the one the Texans had on Saturday, like a good showing, a puncher's chance, you never know what could happen. That would have been nice to see. I, I was mad at the game, and we've talked about that, but I'm not mad about this team. Like after you know after some Bill O'Brien playoff losses, I was still mad about the team and the direction and where where I think it could go. Be- and and we we were proved right because it, it didn't go anywhere. It, it it collapsed, it cratered. But I'm not I'm not mad about where this team could go, but you just don't know how it's going to play out. Roquan Smith, man, a lot of Texans fans not happy with Roquan Smith. He showed up to the hat uh, the game in a black cowboy hat. All of a sudden, he's a villain. Here's what uh, Roquan Smith had to say about uh, your Houston Texans. You know, they had a great season, but, hey, it had to end, and, you know, we delivered. Whoever come has to get dealt with. There's a villain to every story, and, hey, a Cinderella story ended, so on to the next. Hey, Ro, guys who wear the black hats are feared or bad guys? Uh, is this a role you're adopting for the postseason? <laughs> I had my boots at the house today, and then I was just like, hey, when I was thinking about it this morning, I'm like, hey, they are the Texans and they are the Cowboys, but, you know, I got this hat on, so I'm daddy. Good one, dude. <laughs> I actually like that. Good one. You pretty, would, Slimeball. It's ball. pretty funny. You no, it's would, funny. I mean, I don't like that it happened, but that's the, I like the way he played that. Uncertainty for the Texans. Jonathan Grenard, he caught up with uh, Aaron Wilson, and uh, Aaron Wilson was talking to uh, Jonathan Grenard about his future. Uh, this is what it sounded like. Hey, bro, you want to <laughs> be a Texan? They know I love Houston. I know I want depth this one. I can't do much more. Put my portfolio out there and close that chapter. Having bad, having bad today with the the years, the injuries and all that stuff beside me. If it is the last rodeo, I appreciate everything. We'll get into the free agency tomorrow. We'll get into that free agency talk. Uh, start them, keep them, all that. Or keep yeah. them, let them walk, all that. Uh, yeah, tomorrow's but, a good day. Grenard's going to be interesting. I, I think you got to let him walk. Um, he's going to demand quite a lot of money, I believe. And when you give Titus Howard three years, fifty-six million, you're mm-hmm. going to have to pay Nico Collins eventually. You're going to want to improve your squad in other areas. Uh, he might just be one of those guys you have to let walk, and you hope that Will Anderson. I don't even think it's hope. Will Anderson will take a big step forward next year. He's going to be a ball player. You said that today too. Yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to be really, yeah. really, really, really good. Uh, and then D'Amico's just going to have to sprinkle some of that fairy dust. But but given given Jonathan Grenard. Um, the contract that he's going to demand. Sometimes you have to make these difficult decisions and you have to let good players walk. I don't think it's uh, set in stone that Grenard's going to walk. I, would, I think it would trend that way. I also think he got, you, you call it headline porn. He kind of got headline porn with the it's the last rodeo comment. Like a, a lot of people. He was talking about the game. Yes. A lot of people were like, oh, what does he mean? He was it's talking the last, about the game. It just like was He was irritating. clearly talking about the ball game it, that it, they just played. That was their last rodeo. That's what he said. It was irritating. This team, that's what he said. Yes. What are we doing? Yeah, but people, you saw it too, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Last rodeo. Oh, no. Come on, man. He might be And it might be. He might be back. That's a shot. It might be. Here's D'Amico Ryan's talking about uh, the the way the NFL is, uh, the way that rosters churn, and all that type of stuff. In this league, nothing stays the same year by year. It's a year-to-year league. Nothing stays the same. You know, and our guys knew that. They knew this team, you know, we had our moment. This was our time. Like, this team won't be the same next year. Uh, whether it's players, coaches, they won't be the same. It's always evolving, always changing. Well, that's kind of what we were saying. Some people don't think 
you should be uh, upset about, but you can be upset and still positive. No, you should be ticked. Yeah, yeah, you should be ticked at that performance on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Don't don't dismiss it. Um, mm-hmm. We we can move we can move on to the regular. God, it's gonna be a nice regular season. Don't have to be in these coaching searches. Uh, that's a good thing. Texans fall to the Ravens, thirty-four to ten. That was the first game on Saturday. Then on Saturday night, those Green Bay Packers. They were right there toe-to-toe with the San Francisco 49ers. Debo Samuel left the game. He's 50-50 this week per Adam Schefter. Uh, San Francisco holds off Green Bay, though, 24-21. Green Bay might have lost, but they probably feel pretty good about what they got in Jordan Love right now. A A hell of a showing by him and a hell of a fight. Green Bay, same situation as the Texans. First uh, time Jordan Love has been the full-time starter uh, for this squad. They went toe-to-toe with the best team in in their conference. Uh, They did what the Texans really couldn't do. They, after destroying the Cowboys, they have to feel great. Uh, They're so damn lucky, man. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Man, look. So they just fell upon Jordan Love, man. They just had him in the tuck. I'm telling you. Had to have Aaron Rodgers. Had to have Brett Favre. It's kind of like the Colts. So damn lucky, Manning to luck. (laughs) You're you're putting him up there right now. I'm just saying that the luck. He's going to be a nice player, man. He's going to be a nice player. Uh, Shout out to him. Uh, Then you had the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, Lions hold them off 31-23. Nice effort by Baker Mayfield. This game really annoyed me because I don't know why you hate the Lions. I just I don't either. <laughs> I just don't. I they bother me. Um, I don't know. I I just I'm bothered by them. They've got exciting young players. I just don't think Jared. Goff They've got should, a great I, story. I just think Jared Goff looks into these like perfect situations where he's like, but he is playing better. He's fine. Yeah. Um, fine. <laughs> but uh, the uh, this whole like. When you're down eight points, going for two on the first what? one. What's I, going on? It, dude, it doesn't make sense. Like, even the people try to explain the math, it doesn't make sense. They explained it wrong, I thought. Well, they, they there's always, it's like, well, you get two sh- chances at the two-point conversion instead of one. It's like, dude, just wait till the end. Yeah. I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. I feel like it's a momentum killer. It is. Tampa Bay did it. It just, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. This is not revisionist. It's not. It's annoying. As it was happening, I was like, don't. Do this, yeah. Wait till it like if you score again. If you want to go for it at the end, that's fine. But you're basically you're basically first of all, you're you're probably using your best play, two point conversion. It's fifty percent to begin with. It's it's just it it drives me crazy. It does me too. And, and and because even at the end, if you don't make it, then all you have to do is try to get a tie with a two point conversion. I just don't, which get is it. also fifty fifty. I just don't get it. it. Doesn't make sense. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. At all. Like, I just do not get it. Kansas City tops the Bills 27-24. to 24. Uh, Tony Romo, I'm not sure what he was doing, but this was one of his many weird moments. There are 70,000-plus who are screaming against him. Well, that's how many fans I play in front of normally at my house. Pretend like they're all there, but there's zero. I think it was on mushrooms or something, man. I mean, it, it, sounded, it sounded like it. That made no sense all game long. He was just saying stuff that was bizarre. He said Jason Kelsey was Taylor Swift's brother-in-law. I get that. Though. When did they get married? I mean, you know what he's doing there, though. Does he? Does he know what he was doing? And then he talked about, remember when they tipped the fumble forward? He goes, oh, yeah, that's like that famous play, Franco Harris. Yeah, Franco Harris was not in that game. <laughs> that was the Raiders that did the, the the what do they call it, the holy roller. I, I mean... <laughs> 
Romo is just coasting like crazy, and I think he's I think he's making Nance worse. I, I know Nance is a legend and icon here. I think he's making Nance worse. Like Nance is going to Jay Feely and Gene Steratore like during the play now. Yeah, like, like it's almost like, hey, this guy sucks. I need I, I need you guys to weigh in a little bit more. Yeah. At this point, it was, he's going to call the Super Bowl. Tony Romo was calling the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. How about that? I was just like laughing. It got to the point where I was laughing. I was like, what is this guy doing? I don't know what was going on. So the early lines on the uh, conference championship, San Francisco is a six and a half point favorite over Lopez's Lions. <laughs> uh, and the Baltimore Ravens are a three point favorite over the Chiefs. How are you feeling about that Ravens and Chiefs game? Um, I, I think Baltimore is going to beat them. I think Baltimore, if gun to the head, I think Baltimore is going to beat them. That was arguably, obviously, about as good a performance from the Chiefs and Mahomes as you well, could get. Well, that fake punt, I don't know what that was. I, I think yeah. uh, I think Sean McDermott called a suicide mission or something there. I don't know what the hell that was. That was uh, bizarre in that moment. But I'm talking about just about the Chiefs and Mahomes, man. I mean, they were. No, that was gutsy. They were on it. That was incredibly uh, they gutsy. They were on it. Uh, by them. Bobby Slowick has five interviews over the weekend, only three points on offense. That's a hell of a stat. Um, Gerard Johnson, the quarterback coach, also has interest. Saints and Browns have requested uh, to interview the Texans QB coach. Uh, and the Astros signed Josh Hader, the largest free agent deal that Jim Crane has ever handed out. This was Chandler Rome on MLB Network. Uh, talking about the impact this could have on Ryan Presley. It seems that Josh Hader will be this team's closer, and Presley, who is a consummate professional, teammates love him, say he puts the team's success before his own, but he's also a human being. And this has to sting a little bit, I'd imagine, just to pitch as well as he's pitched since he became this team's full-time closer. It's going to take some conversations. It's going to take some direct honesty, and it's going to test Joe Espada, pitching coaches Josh Miller and Bill Murphy. But I think they'll figure out a way because right now they have the best back end of a bullpen in baseball i'm not uh understandably i hope uh, uh into baseball mode very much right now but i do know this what he just said is going to be the story going into in, into you know training camp spring training i should say uh because then like what is has in the postseason Man, there's seven eight nine it's pretty nasty though brayu brayu presley yeah. and hater yeah they can yeah. all close yeah they're in good shape, man. They're in all clothes. They just need a lead. It's good stuff right there. Yeah. Really good stuff by Jim Crane. Shout out to him. Uh, and then shout out to all the people who wanted him to spend some money. How's that? How about that? Coming up, the Texans, they did what many people did not expect they would do. But should fans be wanting even more from this team? We'll cuss and discuss as Reaction Monday continues next. <laughs> It's Reaction Monday, Playoff Edition, presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. So the Houston Texans, where do they go from here uh, following the loss to the Baltimore Ravens? When you look at this thing, there's reason for optimism, but I also do think when you look at this roster and you ask what's next... It's also kind of a dose of reality. How so? If you ask, like, if you think a team's, like, really close to getting to a certain point, even the Texans in, like, 19, and you ask, like, what they needed, it's usually, like, three things. Like, uh, you know, they could use corner, tackle, you know, maybe some interior D-line help. 
there's a lot of things that this team could use. They're not going to touch the offensive line because they have so much invested in it. So they've already kind of set that up. But but like, let's just look at the places where the Texans are going to need some help. And and Nick Casario, the good thing is Nick Casario uh, has has been able to uh, do a good job bringing in guys, and the quality of free agents going to increase. But if you're asking me, like, what do they need? I think they need more receivers. They damn sure need more running backs. They need to start taking that serious. They need to figure out what they're going to do at tight end and whether or not they're going to bring back Schultz. And even then, I think they need some tight ends. They're going to need to get corners behind Derek Stingley, although you feel good that Derek Stingley is a cornerback one, so you can adjust accordingly there. It's not mm-hmm. like uh, you feel better about that. Uh, they could perhaps use upgrades at safety. And then we just go around like it's not it's not like this team is like a few pieces away. Now, obviously, there's there's other factors that come into it, but there's a lot of stuff when you start filling out like that wish list. See, I, I think all those things, though, like you have to prioritize running back and wide receiver. Like, like I think there's no, I think offense should be the priority. I, I think there's two levels. The first level is we got the guy at quarterback. We got to do everything we can to make sure he has all the pieces, all the resources uh, to get it done. And the other reason for that is, like, D'Amico has proved on the defensive side that he can get the most out of guys that are just sort of brought in, uh, whether it's free agency, rookies, second-year players on the defensive side. Like, there are – like, is there – outside of Derek Stingley, is there a star? Perhaps Christian Harris. Maybe. That's Perhaps a good point. Christian Harris. Yeah, I was – Will that, Anderson. That's on me. Will Anderson. Well, okay, but I'm saying, like, like these are, these are I things – those three guys. That he can – that he can – he can work around that defense, you know, with, with guys and, and improve their play. Uh, and, and you're right. I, I just totally blanked on, on Christian Harris. I think he is going to be a star. And Will Anderson, we see what he's doing. We think he's going to be better. I don't know about star just yet, but we think he's going to be better. Offensively, you got to surround C.J. Stroud with superior talent. Talent, like you've got to get us. Yes, oh, Tank Dell. Yes, Nico. Collins. I don't care. Yeah, bring another one. No, let's yeah. go. I I don't even care. Like if it, the AJ Brown thing is what I would be fine with it. Yeah, I mean you you need you need multiple running backs. You need wide receivers. Get to where this offense. It's not even a question as to whether or not they're going to show up. Yeah, and and the depth is is such to where you figure that out because D'Amico can coach up the defense. Yes, like the That's defense on Saturday, like you can, they you can ran out of gas. That, the game yeah. plan that D'Amico had in that first half, yeah. you should have, you should have had more than a puncher's chance to win. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, you probably should have had a 10-point lead at halftime. At least three you, or seven. Yeah, you probably should have had a 10-point lead at halftime or something. I mean, you I mean, you you <laughs> you win the you win the toss and then decide to take the ball and that's what you come out there with. Yeah. That was embarrassing. I actually didn't mind the call. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't. I, I didn't. No, that's fine. I mean, yeah. but you got to have a little something more than that. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the result was not what you were hoping for by any stretch. But but back back to the point here, like running back, hell, draft one in the third round and another one in the fourth. I I don't care. No, sign one of these or big sign, names too. Or sign one. Sign one yeah. of these big names and draft one. Yeah, let's you do it. You need multiple backs. Mm-hmm. You need multiple backs. Same thing at the receiver position. Uh, defensively, I, I mean, and bring well, back hell. Singletary too. Bring back Singletary, sign one, and, and, and draft one. No, that's what I'm as saying. As many yeah. backs as possible. Tight end. Let's go. Let's get another tight end. All these pieces uh, on the offensive side is where you have to prioritize because defensively, you know the you you can you can find the the parts. D'Amico's already proved that. Andrew Larker, John Lopez, 
uh, Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. So the list, it, it appears to be, I mean, it's steep. I mean, it's there's a lot going on uh, with the Texans. You look at the division, though. Jacksonville, good team. But then Indianapolis, we don't know what's up with Anthony Richardson. They're basically going to have a first-year starter next year. And then Tennessee, same thing with Will Levis. So, so, so you feel like you're in pretty good position there. Uh, when you watched the the Ravens and then you watched the Chiefs and Bills, like I, I found myself, I was lost in the moment. I was lost in the sauce. J.J. Uh, Watt mentioned lightning in a bottle. But, but I found myself just feeling like, okay, the Texans are – Offensively, they're just they're just behind these two teams, specifically Kansas City and Buffalo. They're just behind them. What have they done with those guys, uh, Kansas City and Buffalo, with their quarterbacks? They've found pieces every year. Now they let uh, Tyreek Hill gone, uh, but but they're always looking to add pieces to surround those quarterbacks with everything they can. You're right. That looked not like a different game they were playing, but they were certainly they were certainly playing with a, a, a different ingredients. Than the Texans had, no question. Andrew Locker, uh, John Lopez, and uh, Figgy Fig with you. And then you have D'Amico, uh, D'Amico Ryans. He is uh, – he could end up being the coach of the year. Bobby Slowick, we don't know where Bobby Slowick's going to end up. He's interviewed uh, with five teams over the weekend. Where do we sit on the Bobby Slowick uh, report card? If you if you had to grade Bobby Slowick one year in, what would you give him? Oh, he's got an A. Uh, you know, you you can't just focus on uh, the last game of the season, which I thought might have been a little bit too big for him. He got a little bit too cute. He certainly needed to do better uh, running the ball. Maybe the the Ravens had a lot to do with that, more to do than than we we want to give him credit for. But no, he Bobby Slowick got an A. When you consider rookie receiver in Tank Dell, rookie quarterback, you know, all new staff, never really worked with Gerard Johnson as the quarterbacks coach. Uh, no, he he gets an A. Bobby Slowick did a fantastic job. Fantastic. But he had a bad game Saturday. Had a bad day. Had a bad day on Saturday. It's a hard job. First time doing it. Head coaching, TBD. Will Bobby get that? Uh, Tennessee, by the way, they're interviewing Dan Quinn for a second time. Saw so that. They, no, no announcement as to whether or not they're going to interview uh, Bobby Slowick for a second time. Lopez passing thoughts from the game against the Baltimore Ravens. We got plenty of time to look ahead. Uh, we know how good the Texans are looking, but let's let's get some passing thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens uh, versus Houston Texans Saturday right here on Sports Radio 610. I didn't even edit them. The way I put them in my phone, I left them because I think uh, it'll show you how, how much this game uh, changed uh, in, in the third quarter. So I'll just go through the list. Rapid fire here, and you, you, you give me your thoughts on what I'm talking about here. The first one's easy. I like taking the ball. Cameron Johnston is one reason why. I, I, I thought taking the ball on the road, if you could get something. Now, they didn't. So, you're right. It didn't work out. But, you know, get a couple of first downs, whatever it may be, even if you don't. You got a real weapon at the punting position. You can flip the field and then rely on your defense. I didn't mind it. Yeah, whatever. I didn't mind it. Uh, here we go. Attacking Petrie one-on-one. That was, that, was on the first, that was on the first drive. They went at Petrie again. Uh, and that's what uh, he actually wasn't terrible. Uh, he he dropped a couple interceptions, maybe, maybe uh, you know. But I, I was actually surprised that he was actually in position to even have the chance. Yeah, maybe the bars just lowered there. Just yeah, that's what it is. You got to catch that. Uh, no huddle early. I like that a lot. I thought they didn't use it enough. Like I I thought that's one thing that they had some success with. They were keeping the Ravens defensive personnel uh, as is, so you can maybe exploit some matchups. I like the no huddle early. I wish he would have done it more. 
I mean, he used it a little bit early, a little bit in the second half, and should have stayed with it. Uh, this is what I typed down. Target on his back, my ass. <laughs> You're talking about Laramie Tunsil? Just as they're gaining momentum. Man. Just as they're gaining momentum. More than once. If this was any other player, and this is just my stream of consciousness, what I typed, my my pender notes, if you will. I didn't I didn't edit them. I didn't. 11 penalties, 70 yards. Dude, and, and, and all of them, most all of them were costly. Costly and also mental. Um, if this was any other player, and not, I don't, I'm not into like benching a player to send a message. I'd have benched him to get his bleep together, you know, uh, and, and, and let him know you got, you're going back out there and we can't have this anymore. I'm serious. Like there were three maybe. Yeah. And there were some they didn't call as well. Um, this is something I typed down. <laughs> Laramie Tunsil, man. Although I didn't say effing, effing penalties in field goal range. Come on, man. Like the, 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 the penalty thing just kept going. And going and going. Um, Jadeveon Clowney, that guy had a big presence, man. Jadeveon Clowney had a hell of a good game, and you got to give it to him. They're, 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 I mean, he was. He I'm was, a lover, man. He was real good. He was real, real good. Big time chance for Dalton Schultz to make a huge play that could have really the drop, got him on and the then they, they ended up moving the chains, but it just it just kind of felt like a kick to the junk with yeah. the drop. And this was that, by the way, he might just the, the moment might just be too big for him in the playoffs because he had the drop last week. He almost dropped his touchdown. Yep. He had the drop this week, and then with the Cowboys, his last game as a Dallas Cowboy. In 2022, he had perhaps one of the worst series in his final one with That's the Cowboys. That's out of bounds thing too, right? Ran out of bounds early, dropped yeah. the pass, all that. Yeah, it might yeah. it might just be it might be too big for him. Uh, well, that's one thing I wrote down later. I uh, said this moment just feels too big for the. I Texans. do wonder how they handle Schultz. Maybe they bring him back. Um, I think 10, 10 million is the estimation. Two years, twenty maybe. It, but I I still think they should. Try to get some young tight ends, too, that they can do other stuff with. So these next two have to do with exactly that. I wrote down again for the third time, penalties and penalties and penalties. What is going on here? And then the next thing I typed down, this moment might be too big for him. From 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 the, the mental mistakes to the play calling to the, just everything that we were watching, it just – I hate saying it, but it just felt like that. Man, there was a penalty in this game where – it was the end of the third quarter, I think. Yeah, end of the third. And Baltimore is clearly taking it to the fourth quarter, and they're clearly just trying to make you jump off sides, and Grenard jumps off sides. Yes. It's like, man, they, they're not going to there snap was, what, it. two seconds left? Yes, yeah. and they were taking it down, and it was like the clear hard count, and Grenard jumped off sides. Yeah, that's one that made I it, made it, uh, I think, second and five or third and five instead of second and ten or third and ten. Stingley on Zay Flowers, and I don't know why I typed this. I like he is what yeah. I typed. Well, he had the PBU on Zay Flowers. Now there was yeah. a uh, there was a touchdown at the end where Stingley kind of got it, it looked like a little yeah. bit moss, but I don't yeah. I don't even know if that was really like completely him. Yeah. And then I I typed this. OBJ looks decrepit. Yeah, he's washed. He looked like he's washed. I thought I was worried about him. Yeah, he's washed up. I was worried about him. Harris County might be the only dude that brought it today. He, he elevated his game. Yeah, he did his thing. Uh, I'm, I'm looking sure. forward to seeing how he bounced back next year, like at what his at what a full season of him looks like. What's up, Steven Sims? Kept it simple. Man, 
Steven Sims had the punt return touchdown. Um, Early in the season, he had a 22-yard catch. I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that he, if he's back next year, Steven Sims, he should be at least competing with Mechie for a roster spot. I mean, it's going to be about – it should be in training camp. Yeah. That, right? He should be competing with Mechie for a roster spot. I don't I don't know what's – I don't know uh, – I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Mechie looks like next year. A couple more here. Frank Ross is one bad mofo is what I wrote down. He just gets it like week after week after week. The free agents that I think they need to sign the most, I, I think that they got to bring back Cam Johnson and Fairbairn. Well, those are two. Those are their yeah, both those free are agents two that you must bring back. Um, catch the damn ball, Jalen Petrie. You know what that's about? God, that first drive, it would have it would have flipped the game, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was it would have flipped the game. I don't know if it would have flipped it for good, but boy, the, the, the momentum. I mean, would have you been intercept different. him in the end zone after after a drive in the first half uh, of uh, the first drive of the second half. Mm-hmm. It changes a lot, and it also would have erased taking the ball uh, to start the game. You know, mm-hmm. because then all of a sudden you stop him. You missed a field goal he at the so end of the close, half. Man. It was right there. He was so close. Yeah. Two more for you. Just two more, even though I I, I pretty much didn't do anything, and you'll see why. Uh, in the fourth quarter, I was just sitting there watching the game. Uh, the first one is, well, there you go, 17-10. That was after the near uh, interception. And then I didn't do anything until I typed this. 24-10. That's a wrap. I'm just going to go check the ribs. I was making ribs all day. <laughs> I think I'm just going to go check the ribs. Uh, cook some uh, big old dino ribs for about eight hours. So I was just had the TV on outside and was just like, all right, that's that. That's a wrap. Good year, boys. Now let's talk about it. There you go. Bo on the game uh, right there. Now on to the offseason. It'll be a real interesting offseason to see uh, what exactly the uh, – the Texans do how they approach it, how Nick Casario approaches it. And it's going to be a fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun offseason to cover. No, no coaching search. Who knows what happens with your assistants? I wouldn't fall in love with these free agents. I know it was a nice little season, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't fall in love with with any of these uh, any of these guys really. I mean, I, I would like to bring back Cam Johnson. I think that's important. Got to bring the band back. Fairbairn, uh, Schultz, maybe Grenard, probably priced out. Singletary, sure, but I need other backs. Uh, Rankins, Nelson, Brown, maybe Cashman. Eh, we'll see. Um, and then all the O linemen, whatever. There's depth there. Really, I'm really not in love with any of these guys. Look, you you can bring in one year guys. You can turn the roster. You can increase the quality of ball player. I'm I'm not I'm not overly obsessed with bringing back any of these guys. And I actually think there's the arrow pointing up with. With some other guys like the the Christian Harris's, the Will Andersons, the Derek Stingleys, to where that just completely elevates the quality. Anyways, definitely not Stephen Nelson. I think he left it all on the field for you. Go find another Stephen Nelson. You mentioned we'll dig into this starting tomorrow a lot more. I don't. I agree with you for the most part. There's none that I like. Oh, you got to bring him back. You got to bring him back. I will say though, if I had to pick one, it's probably not one that that you would say. I think if you're going to draft a running back and sign another running back, it'd be really good to have Devin Singletary here, a guy who's really excelled at this system, this zone-blocking scheme, has had success, has elevated himself to the starter, could be like all of a sudden that veteran presence that helps the two, either the free agent or the young back, you know, how to do things. I think Devin Singletary might be more important. 
than, than, than you do, than you think. No, he's fine. He can't. Yeah. I don't think he should be your best running back. No, but to be, to bring back. No, for sure. Yeah, to bring yeah, back. You bring back Singletary. For that bring back Singletary, but sign me Saquon Eckler. Yeah. Or Derrick Henry or Jacobs or Tony Pollard. And then draft someone in the third or fourth round. I want as many backs as possible. Yeah. You said you want a committee. Give me a committee. Yeah. Daria Gumbawale ain't going to cut it. God bless him. That ain't going to cut it. You know, Mike Evans still has some gas left in the tank. Yeah, do that. Get mm-hmm. get the weapons here. Yeah. Coming up, lunchtime confessions here on In the Loop on Sports Radio 610. Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig. It's Reaction Monday, Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. Lunchtime Confessions. We'll hear from C.J. Stroud, by the way, in 10 minutes. Lunchtime Confessions, though. We confess our sins to you, the loophole. Shout out to the loopholes. If you listen, you are one. Some of these confessions have to do with sports. Some have nothing to do with sports, but we're transparent with you 24-7. Let it hang a little bit lower during Lunchtime Confessions. It is time to confess. Watch this. These are my confessions. Um, I know a lot of people are probably going to disagree with me on this. I would much rather be a Texans fan than a Bills fan. That was brutal to watch. That was, I know they've gotten closer. They've been to the Super Bowl. They've been in AFC Championship games. They've they've been on the brink, but the way they consistently have lost at this level, that's just. Like it, it was tough to watch those those dudes that were crying in the stands and all that. Like they have been so close that they probably should have gotten it by now. I'd rather be a Texans fan and not ever ever having gotten there to this point and 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 be optimistic than the Bills fans. Like because I don't know if they're ever going to get wide right, man. And again. Jim Nance had to rub it in again. Like Jim it, Nance had to rub it in. It's brutal being a Bills fan. From go back this to the ain't Super kind Bowl, of curse, man. They're just cursed. They're just cursed. Like, you couldn't have asked for more home game. Josh I, missed that guy in the end zone, too, man. He made a hell of a throw in the front corner of the end though. zone. He was pressured, but. Yeah, I mean, he played great. But Bills fans, like, they've got to be questioning life right now. <laughs> like, they're like, why are we here? <laughs> it's the worst. Would you rather be a Texans fan than a Bills fan? I mean, they've been, what, four Super Bowls? Uh, All this run that they're on right now? I don't know. I don't know. I would. Figgy? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think sure. I would. Yeah. I mean, you feel good about the future. Yeah. Watch this. These are my confessions. This is what confessions is for, so don't kill the messenger. I just tell, I'm just telling you, just right. telling you what crosses my uh, twisted mind sometimes. And that is? This was a good season. Mm-hmm. This was an enjoyable season. I like the Where fan is this vibes. Going? I like the fan vibes. Yeah. I like the way that people are appear to be more excited. Um, and, and I'm very excited for what is going oh, to I know happen where this is going. with this squad. And I think eventually that you should feel more confident than ever that the ultimate goal can be reached with C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans. I think I'm going to have your back on this. With that said. Yeah, I think I'm going to have your back. This was not a show up to the stadium at 1 o'clock on Saturday night to greet the team type of season. I'm sorry. A shout out to all you that did. Good for you. I, I just I didn't feel like this was that magical, especially with the performance they had on Saturday. I don't I don't think they deserved uh, a couple hundred fans there uh, greeting them at one a.m. on Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm actually with you. I but I'm also with you in that. Good for you if you felt compelled to go, 
But I think it's a reflection of how far you have to go and how far you've never been. Right? Yeah, yes. You're lost in the divisional championship game. That isn't a, hey, let's line the streets kind of moment. I agree with you. Watch this. These are my confessions. I think Troy Aikman should be in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame immediately. <laughs> immediately, figure. You know what I'm talking about? I think I seen your tweet on this. Dude, he used tempo the right oh way. My God. He used the word tempo the right way. No, not oh my God. Like so many broadcasters, oh, they're going tempo now. You know how that just makes my skin crawl. Troy Aikman said, all right, now we're talking about up tempo. Now tempo can go both ways. I was like, yes, yes, Troy. He finally said what needed to be said. You, he, I think he said, now you can be slow too with this tempo. I was like, Thank God. 99.9% of broadcasters, professionals, some of them really good, some of them not so much, use the word tempo wrong, and it drives me nuts. Put Troy Aikman in the Hall of Fame. Put him in. Watch this. These are my confessions. I think Jim Nance might be getting a little bit of a free pass, man. I feel like Jim Nance might be getting a little bit of a free pass. Oh, and and uh, you're talking because... Tony Romo is stealing all the bad headlines. I, I, let, let me just say this. This was one of the most WTF calls of the weekend and maybe one of the biggest WTF calls that I can remember in the playoffs. So the Bills are down three. They're deep in their own territory. It's fourth and a long six, and mm -hmm. they fake a punt uh, with DeMar Hamlin, and, and it goes nowhere. It was ridiculous. By the way, Tony Romo said it was the right call because they had ten. I don't care if they had eight guys on the field. <laughs> yeah. That was That was stupid. Listen, if Al Michaels had this call in that situation, I, I think he would still be trending on the internet. Listen to this call by Jim Nance. And I don't know if Romo is just irking him so much that he's kind of like regressing, but you tell me. You're, you're the biggest Al Michaels critic there is. Mm -hmm. Figgy, you too. Tell me if Al Michaels had this okay. call in that situation, okay. would it have just kind of gotten swept under the rug? Went downwind with this one. Fake. Is stop short. <laughs> wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. It took him by surprise. You could tell. Like, what is going on? That was actually. But then he went to Jay Feely immediately. Jay, did you see that coming? <laughs> like, yeah, because they had 10 men on the field, Jim. I was like, yeah, but they're also on the what, 24 yard line or something yeah. like that. Like, that's not, that's not the way you want to do it. I think he was just surprised. Watch this. I, I saw a big fat lie this weekend. Big old fat lie that should eliminate the people who, who put together the S2 test from ever being involved with the NFL again. Did you see this? Dude, they tried to leak that C.J. Stroud's test result uh, should have been ruled in, uh, Inclu uh, inconclusive. Inconclusive. There were issues with C.J. Stroud. Where the test. hell was this? They waited until the divisional game. The yeah. day of the divisional game. The divisional game. game. They waited until the day of it. Say, yeah, you know, there might have been that an was, issue with that. That was pitiful. They need to be eliminated. That was pitiful. From, it was pitiful. They, they Like, they could have said this after the test, before the draft, even after the combine. Hey, we had some issues with some tests, just so you know. <laughs> they waited until the divisional game. Yeah, you know that S that that, that uh, C.J. Stroud guy that's having a hell of a year. There could have been a little issue there, by the way. What the hell are you do? They need to be out, 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 out. Be done with them. Yeah, whether there was an issue, they're or lying. Not, like it's, yeah, that's just ridiculous. That was rough, man. Yeah. That was a real rough look. Watch 
watch this. These are my confessions. I'm not really too in love with any of these Texans free agents on the roster except Cam Johnston and maybe Fairbairn. No, I mean, I, I, I could do with or without a lot of them, but I, I'm I'm more intrigued to see what they can bring in randomly on these one-year deals. Like, what's the next Dalton Schultz? What's the next, you know, where are you going to find the next Blake Cashman? How are you going to uh, acquire players? I, I, I'm intrigued to see how Casario handles that as opposed to let's let's run it back with the guys that we have. I don't necessarily think that's... That's that important. I think they can churn this roster. I'd like to put Devin Singletary on that list with Cameron Johnston. Sure. Uh, but uh, I'm with you by and large. Hey, D'Amico pretty much said as much, too, about every year is different because we're going to have a lot, many more different players, different coaches, et cetera. Watch this. These are my confessions. This was just an observation, but it is a confession. Damn, Adam Schefter, couldn't you have at least waited for them to shower? Like the game ended. The game ended. And I open Twitter, and the first thing I see, like less than a minute, not even a minute after the game, Adam Schefter, Schefter tweeted all the free agents that the Dude, Texans he, he The weirdest thing about this, he did this with the Buffalo Bills too. It was like 30 seconds. He had that in the draft. It was like no, 30 but he, seconds. But the thing is, I don't know if he's just trying to satisfy agents or he just thinks everyone's important, but he said Texans key free agents this offseason, and he listed every one. Yes. Like but literally like every single one, he did walk- it with Buffalo too. They were still walking off the field. Yeah, but he didn't because- list. He didn't just list the key ones. Yes, he listed every single free agent. Yeah, I was like, dude, man, just to take a breath, let him shower at least before you start saying these guys are gone. <laughs> like, damn, that was definitely a draft, and, and I don't know what was going on there. Let's hear from C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud had his exit interview. We'll let you know what he had to say. Uh, about the future and present of the Houston Texans next. It's Reaction Monday, Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. Here from the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Texans lose. C.J. Stroud, one of the best rookie seasons in NFL history for a quarterback. Came up short on Saturday, but the future looks bright. Here's C.J. Stroud at his exit interview, live on Sports Radio 610. Uh, man, it's huge, man. Um, I'm uh, honestly like I'm excited to get back to work, but of course uh, it takes time. Like you can't just rush into it. But uh, I'm really excited to see how much this team's gonna grow. Um, and like D'Amico said, man, we gotta find some way to get back to that moment and and win that game. You know, so. Um, a lot of experience was, was made this year and things like that. So I'm super, super excited for the future and everything like that. CJ, uh, Will was talking about how he was crying after the game and you came up to him and were like, why are you doing that? We're good. We're going to be good for a long yeah. time. Can you, can you tell us about that moment and why you're so encouraged for the future of this team? Yeah, I mean, uh, I appreciated Will for doing that, you know, because, I mean, that, that, those are raw emotions. It wasn't like he was doing that like just to be fake. He really meant, because uh, I mean, he really like was feeling that because he really wanted to win that game. We all did. Um, and something I've learned in this league, man, is like um, you can't let let your emotions fluctuate. And uh, I told Will, man, you're the honestly, man, he's probably the most talented player, one of the t- most talented players I've ever been around in my life. And man, we're gonna be back in this moment. You can promise, like, you, I can promise you that. Like, it might not. I don't know when it's gonna be, how it's gonna be, who's gonna be on this team, but we're gonna get back. And um, I just want to let him know, man, like, um, 
I appreciated everything that he did for us that year. I just wanted to see his head up high, you know. I just want to see him encouraged and, and positive. I know you've always been a guy who has a chip on their shoulders. How much does it look like when you kind of keep that Baltimore game and really that feeling, you know, which guys went through, which you kind of downloaded during the offseason? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily name myself as a guy with a chip on his shoulder. I just think I'm me, you know. Like, I don't really try to uh, – I, I, I used to be in the business of – um, proving people wrong and people pleasing and stuff like that stuff is exhausting and it, it don't make no sense. So, um, honestly, man, I'm really going to be just preparing for what, what we got going on here. Uh, yeah, we lost to Baltimore up there, and um, there's some things that we need to get fixed, of course, but it's time for that um, uh, once we get back to those moments, you know. And, and, but right now it's all about getting better um, and, and just really putting our best foot forward on making yourself better as, as a person, as a player, you know, and um, that's something I, that I uh, definitely am excited to get into. Um, for first, I'm just I'm gonna relax, man. Just you know, just take some time off. Um, I mean, I really been I'm been going hard since I've been like 12 years old, you know, like AAU tournaments, baseball, football, seven on seven, high school, you know, like just a lot, a ton of like just sports being played, you know, and. And man, it's been a blessing, been a ball, and it's like I'm 22, 22 years old, and this is my first time ever having like freedom, you know, like from away from school, away from college, um, and so I'm excited. But at the same time, like uh, just like I'm ready to like to relax, I'm ready to get back to work too. But I know like I have to like take some time to myself, you know, it's just the right thing to do. So um, doing that for a little bit, um, getting back rolling. Um, my workouts, strength and conditioning, getting stronger, bigger, faster, um, getting back with my guys in L.A., just working out with them on the quarterback stuff and, um, and OTAs and stuff like that. CJ, how important and impactful have guys like Gerard Johnson and Bobby Slowick been to your development this season? And I mean, is there a little trepidation from you knowing that maybe one or two or both of those guys may not be back here next year? Yeah, Gerard, um, I've known Gerard since I was 16. Um, I was uh, in the Elite 11 uh, with him. He was my quarterback coach there. And one thing, man, I can say about Dry, man, is like when you talk about someone who knows how to play the uh, position of quarterback and knows how to relay something, um, but also just a great person, man, a, a guy who who um, loves uh, football. He loves Houston. He loves Texas. Um, he loves his family. He's a great family man. Um, and somebody who's taught me just a, a tremendous uh, a, a, a tremendous amount of information. But on top of that, man, put a lot of confidence into me as well. Like when I was 16 at Elite 11, we did like this little like circle group. It was like all the quarterbacks in my group. And Gerard's one thing for me was like be confident because at that time, like I wasn't really the highest recruit. I wasn't uh, who I who I will become, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I always knew that it would be a possibility, but I didn't I didn't hear it out like those type of the drives when I looked up to like he played at Texas A&M. I knew that um, and stuff like that. And when he was like, man, you need to be more confident. Like and it was just like it changed my life, you know what I'm saying? And from there, like fast forward, I'm here with him my rookie year. Um, it's been just a, a blessing to work with him, and I'm whatever happens, man. I'm excited for him, and he deserves everything that's coming for him. And um, I'm super blessed to be able to work with him and Bobby, um, somebody who, when I came in, man, I knew that um, he was gonna uh, push me hard. He was gonna be hard on me. He was he held me at a standard all year, held me accountable. Because I mean, a lot of times, man, when you're playing good ball, um, guys they they kind of like let you do what you do and like leave you alone. Uh, but Bobby, man, he was always on me about like the little details. Um, in my position, you know what I'm saying? I appreciated that, you know, because you don't always get that. And he always just was hard on me. 
uh, but also show me a lot of love, man. A ton of love, very knowledgeable, um, can really dice, dice the defense up, uh, puts a lot of trust in his players, um, and really just never got away from what he what he knows. You know what I'm saying? Of course, like, um, tailored his, his coaching to, like, what was here at the Texans, but he did what was at the core of his heart, and I could appreciate that, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but whatever happens with those guys, uh, they deserve whatever whatever um, uh, what is, whatever's coming to them. And I've been uh, it's been a blessing working with them. But if they come back, that'd be cool too. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do way more. You know, I gotta um, just be me. You know, at the end of the day, I look back at it, like, I can say a whole bunch of cool stuff up here that'll make everybody go crazy. But honestly, I just got to be myself, you know, and just um, work hard at that, you know, and just really do everything that uh, God put in my heart to do. And um, I just, I'm just super thankful for God, man, and, and Christ um, for really just having a rookie year like I had, you know, and uh, to be able to be mentioned with a whole bunch of greats. Um, and be playing against greats, you know what I'm saying? So it's been just a blessing, and really my plan is just I want to be the best. You know, I don't want to just be the best rookie, the best second-year dude. I, I want to be the best, um, point blank, period. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to get going with that, and, um, yeah. Man, you talk about like just genuine love. You know, she texted me something yesterday. She was like, "I don't say I love you just to say it. Like I say it because I truly like you've been one of the best things ever in my life." And I was like, "Wow!" Like for her to like say something like that, you know, it's like uh, it's just like my mom is amazing. She she's been with me through thick and thin. We've been through a lot, a, a whole lot, and she's never ever like questioned my goals or my like my plan. And she always, like, you know what I'm saying, I'm a very independent person. She always let me be independent and, like, figure it out. But at the same time, I always knew if I ever needed something, I can call my mom. And I'm just super blessed to have a mother like I do. I'm blessed enough to have a father like I do. Um, my brothers and my sisters, uh, my fam like, my family back home. Um, and I'm just really, you know what I'm saying, I just, all, all in all, man, I'm just super blessed to, to be um, – where God wants me to be, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I love my mom, and I know she, they said she got a lot of camera time, so I don't think she was super happy about that. But you can see how much she prayed about me. She loves she love her son, and I love her right back. She loves all her kids, man, I, and I love her so much. What is it about Will that he has to make you say something like that? His mentality, um, not only does it match up with his talent, but it probably uh, upsees his talent. Uh, this, the 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 tenacious um, will to win, you know what I'm saying, the grit that he brings to a locker room and um, just his personality, you know what I'm saying, and uh, his talent is, is great, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, like, if you can match that with what he has, man, it's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, um, it, it, I told me just like 
a little while ago, man. I just I really appreciate him for the trust because um, that's one thing. Like in football, that's probably the main thing that you need is trust. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate him for trusting me, and uh, uh, he knows that I trust him tremendously. Tr- tremendously, any decision he makes, like I know that it's at the the forefront of what's best for the team. Um, and uh, I'm excited to build with him, man. I think it's going to be a great, great um, dynasty. Hopefully, we build, and um, I'm excited for that. Uh, it's something, honestly, I, I, I know that's probably what it seems like, but it's not. And I'm, I'm blessed, even if it is. Um, but at the same time, like, I know God, God prepared me for stuff like that, you know, for this moment right here. Um, so I'm just, I'm really walking in my purpose. Like, um, of course I'm doing it through my passion, which is football, but, um, man, I, I'm super blessed to be able to walk through my purpose, uh, in my passion and with a great city, a great team like this. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm super. I'm super signed up. I'm. I'm. I'm dotting every. I'm dotting every I, crossing every T, um, on every contract that I got to do to to make this team great. You know what I'm saying? And I'm super blessed to be able to um, be with a group of guys like that. And um, I know, but man, my teammates like just like it's on me. It's on all of us. You know what I'm saying? Like they they know that. But man, I'm at the forefront of it. If that's so be it, then I'm with that. Yeah, it's huge. Um, Tank is my brother, man. He's uh, I don't think blood can make us any closer. Like we're really like really close, uh, and that chemistry is shown on the field. And we're gonna build that. You know what I'm saying? Um, we just it's gonna happen naturally. Like we just we boys, man. You don't just you don't force stuff with your boy, you know. So, uh, but we both are tremendously uh, excited to to keep this going and work really hard to to be great. And hopefully, um, do whatever we need to do to be great um, here. And we're excited for that. I think because we know what it takes, you know, um, it takes tremendous focus, tremendous uh, will to win, um, and stuff like that. It's all. All the things that it's easy to talk about, but it's hard to do, and we did that this year. You know what I'm saying? And even though we fell, we fell short. We we put that on display, and uh, now it's just about bringing guys here that are with that and have that same type of mentality. And whoever and whoever stays, we keeping that standard. We ain't changing up for nobody. Um, so I think that like that is why we we're confident. And man, it's okay to be confident. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I don't look at that as a negative thing. And um, it's not cockiness. It's being confident. All right, uh, that's C.J. Stroud yep. here on uh, Sports Radio 610 Exit Interview uh, with C.J. A lot of good stuff to say about Gerard. Good Lord, man. That's a uh, hell of an endorsement <laughs> uh, from him. We'll get into the latest uh, involving potential departures on the Texans coaching staff. We'll also go around the NFL. In the Loop continues on Reaction Monday next. 
It's Reaction Monday Playoff Edition, presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry. Let's go around the NFL to keep you in the loop. This is Houston's Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. A low point for the Texans that had nothing to do with what went on the field on Saturday. That's in the internet goes nuts uh, in 20 minutes. Texans fall to the Ravens. C.J. Stroud, though, your quarterback, he feels good about the future. Future's bright, man, but uh, it, these type of losses suck. You know, it's tough to just, you know, get embarrassed like that. But definitely, I think our future definitely is bright. Embarrassed. I think he he used it right. That was an embarrassing game on Saturday. I look, we don't need these these are these guys get paid millions of dollars. I mean, they get their water carried for them on the reg. I mean, they've been ref- they, they they've had these reflection questions all year long. Like, let's just let's judge them like 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 grown ass men. Yeah. That was an embarrassing performance on Saturday. No uh, matter how you slice it, hundred percent. Didn't score. Uh, you didn't I, score I a touchdown. You had three points. Uh, the the Ravens four times this year have had a team not score a touchdown. The Texans had two of them. Offense gave them no chance to win this game. We thought it would be competitive. Oh, you and Figgy picked them to win. Wasn't a good performance. It was embarrassing. Uh, pretty much across the board with uh, very few exceptions. They played below not just what they should have done because they should have elevated their play, but they played below their expectation. That's embarrassing. Let's hear what the Baltimore Ravens are saying about it. Here's John Harbaugh talking about C.J. Stroud uh, and the Baltimore Ravens defense. And that's a good offense over there. That's a good quarterback. C.J. Stroud deserves a lot of credit. They're very well coached. Their offensive line is really good and tough. To, it's tough to get to the quarterback. Then he gets out and he starts running around and starts making plays downfield. But I thought our guys chased him. And I thought our plaster downfield, our coverage was just outstanding. And we covered as long as we needed to so many times. He still made some really good throws in there. So uh, got a heck of a running back. I thought our defense was just as good as it could be. The best they've been all year, right? That I've seen. Yeah, maybe Miami when they just maybe. smacked them around. Yeah, but they were just suffocating. Uh, Lamar Jackson. So at halftime, the Ravens their last three drives of the first half minus seven yards. Uh, clean slate for the Texans. It was ten ten. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get the dub, Lamar Jackson apparently got pretty ticked off at halftime. Here's Lamar talking about what went down between the second and third quarter. Kirk dealing what was said at halftime. It'd be inappropriate if I said it right here. <laughs> it would, you know. Um, but yeah, we wasn't we wasn't really doing anything, you know, to to that defense. They was playing great, um, and that, that offense was playing great as well. But we wasn't doing our job with our unit in second half. We went to put points on the board, start moving the ball, moving the chains, and start looking like ourselves. Who did most of the talking at halftime? I did. You did? A lot of cursing at um, halftime. <laughs> That's why I said it was inappropriate, Ron. <laughs> good for Lamar. You know, hadn't been good in the playoffs up to that point. Uh, hell, I, I went far enough to say I thought the Texans had the quarterback advantage. He outplayed C.J. Stroud uh, and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, three-point favorites uh, to advance to the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs. Once upon a time, mm-hmm. there was a number over, number one overall pick round here. His name was Jadavian Clowney. We used to spend a lot of spend a lot of time talking about Jadavian Clowney. He's been on a lot of teams since then. Now he's in Baltimore. Here's Jadavian Clowney talking about how he felt after that game. Oh man, that's a great feeling, especially for me because I used to play for that team right there about five, four or five years ago, and I got a lot of respect for some of the guys that's still there. But 
it's a great feeling to get this dub against them today, and uh, locker room went crazy tonight. Now, you did downplay that earlier in the week about you know going up against your old team. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, I just I ain't got no no hate against nobody because half the guys I played were not there anymore. But I always remember just being there drafting me, and uh, I got a lot of respect for them. I appreciate them for drafting me. But now that I'm here, I mean, of course I want to win that thing with this, with this group right here. So it was big for me today. He was good. I mean, he dominated Tunsil on on uh, specific plays. Who? Uh, Laramie Tunsil. Uh, we'll hear from him in the internet goers nuts. Not a good. Yeah. <laughs> Felt bad for him. Kind of, kind of I'm, I'm buying what Clowney said. You know, I'm sure he was nice, but it wasn't like, oh, revenge. No, yeah. he, he was just. I mean, it's not B.O.B. It's yeah. not Jack Easter. Yeah, all that there. stuff. Yeah, it's not sure. that. So there's that. So I put this out. I was talking about um, bounce back guys. We talk about, like, the potential elite guys in mm-hmm. Stroud, Will Anderson, Christian Harris, uh, Derek Stingley. Bounce back season next year for different reasons. Uh, Jalen Petrie, Damian Pierce. Kenyon Green and Tank Dell, I put them on my list. Tank Dell because of injury. Yeah, because of injury. Just yeah. just pick up where you left off. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on that. Some guys haven't been through that, so there's that. Um, Petrie, I'm not dismissing Jalen Petrie. I, I think he's going to work his ass off, but, but this was a really bad year for him. A really, really bad year. One of the most disappointing that I can remember based on expectations. Uh, Damian Pierce, I don't know if he fits. I don't know if Damian Pierce, like, does he play his way into being like a third string running back and return kicks? I don't I don't know how Damian Pierce fits into this whole thing. Uh, Kenyon Green, you got a lot of depth on the interior now. Hell, you have Jared Patterson who started at center, and you have Juice Scruggs who did a hell of a job at guard. Maybe Kenyon Green's a backup. I don't know. Maybe he's not even on the team. Who knows? I think Juice is penciled in somewhere. Yeah. Oh, he's starting. He's penciled He's in. starting. It's just yeah. a matter of where. And if Patterson's a good yeah. center and they like juice at guard, then I don't know. Kenny Green might be one of those like swing guard type of things. Yeah, something like that. And and who knows with, you know, our guy Titus Howard, you know how that plays out. Because Fant was good, although he's a free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent. I mean, yeah. they, they brought up, uh, you know, Titus Howard. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how you he got looks. got Questenberry right in there. Who? Questenberry. To do what? I mean, he's under contract, isn't he? I don't think he's no, a free agent. I think he's a free agent. Is he? Yeah. I didn't see his name. Or he might not be. Maybe he's back. I don't know. What yeah. the hell is he going to do? I mean, he was starting. <laughs> okay. But was he not? Was before we saw Patterson and Scruggs. Well, though. no, I know what I'm saying, but he's in the mix. You know, they signed him to a two-year deal? I'm looking right now. I had the list, and I, I didn't, didn't see his that. name. Uh, someone on, on the uh, text line. He is not on. a free agent. Okay, good for him. Yeah. Um, someone on the, uh, on the text line said, uh, you know, don't sleep on John Mechie. Look. That'll be great, but wake me up if it happens. I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm asleep on John Mechie at this point. We'll see what happens. Um, he might be fighting for a roster spot Big next year. Big year, that's for sure. Friend of the show and all that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm asleep. I'm not, I'm not going to even lay out, oh, look out, this could be a big year for John Mechie. I think you need to uh, upgrade the receiver position. Lamar Jackson has some uh, Kobe Bryant-type plans. I, d- I didn't know this is where we are going with this, but uh, – Lamar Jackson, and this was tweeted out from the Baltimore Ravens website. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Lamar Jackson, who had won one playoff game before Saturday, um, he's already trying to leave a Kobe legacy in Baltimore. And I said, we win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to number one. Like, I want to. Yeah. That was my first number ever. My dad told me, number one, get number one because that's the best 
Like, you the best. And they always stuck with me. And I got number eight when I went to college. And then my mom told me eight stands for new beginning. So I was like, dang, it's a new beginning. So I kept eight, kept eight. My coach asked me in college, he's like, what number you want? I'm like, I wanted number one, but y'all gave me number eight. But it's all good, because I know what it stands for now. I just said, I want to retire number eight and number one. I want to do that here at the Ravens. So I want to win a Super Bowl with number eight on, do as much as I can with number eight on, then come back and do the same thing with one on. All right. We'll see. I mean, I kind of like that. Actually. Good luck to you. <laughs> I like his logic. Good luck to you. Man. Yeah, I kind of like that. Do your thing. We'll yeah. see. See how that goes. It'll be a hell of a battle with Kansas City, who uh, advances with the 27-24 win over Buffalo. Just a back and forth game. Hell of a game, man. Hell of a mm -hmm. hell of a ball game. Uh, but more of the same. Kansas City. They just they just have Buffalo's number. Boy, do they. They just have their number. It's brutal being a Buffalo. <laughs> like it's brutal. I felt sad for them. Patrick Mahomes is now tied seventh all-time with 13 playoff wins. Uh, he has as many as Brett Favre, Ben Roethlisberger, and Roger Staubach, and uh, more than Aaron Rodgers. If he wins the Super Bowl, he'll be alone in third, behind only Tom Brady and Joe Montana. He's 28, dude. Yeah. It's pretty good, isn't it? Six straight. He is 28 Six years old. Six straight conference championships. And that that was a gutsy win. I mean, I don't, I don't think this was – it wasn't as simple as Patrick Mahomes won this for him. Like, they – the scheme was perfect. The defense held up when they needed to hold up. They overcame some mistakes. They made some mistakes. That was as gutsy of a win, like during this golden age of really NFL football, but definitely Kansas City football. That was as gutsy of a dub as you'll see with the way that they were able to find a way to win, man. And, and look at the guys that played better than you expect. Not that they haven't been good this year, but Pacheco was next level. You know, uh, hell, you know, Scantling, you know, I, I, they just they just put it all together. Andy Reid was on top of his game. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes did, you know, everything that 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 he needed to do. This, this was one of his best wins. It might not have been his most you know, dazzling or memorable, you know, compared to like the, the one a couple of years ago. First road playoff win. That's how it, good they it, are. It was his best win, I think, uh, certainly. And look, C.J. Stroud, man. He's got a year advantage on Patrick Mahomes. He only had one start his uh, rookie year, so yeah. CJ, year two. We'll see what uh, he can do. Nick Casario is going to have to help him out. Early betting line. San Francisco is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, although there's a 50% chance that Demi uh, Debo Samuel doesn't play. Baltimore, a three-point favorite over Kansas City. What are you, where are you leaning there? I'm not. I got I to gotta, I gotta chew on this a little bit. I, I think San Francisco is... Chew on it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to chew on it a little. I think San Francisco is going to beat Detroit, and I would definitely lay the six and a half points. I'm, I'm a, a fan of what Detroit is doing. I don't even think they need Debo to uh, handle that I, lightweight. I don't. I, yeah. I, I, I don't either. They don't need that with that lightweight. I, I'm a big fan a of, of what Detroit is doing, and I'll be pulling for them, but I think that one's going to be... Go in San Francisco. Every time way. I watch Detroit play, I thank the Jaguars for not drafting Hutchinson. By the way, well, that's good. Uh, but Baltimore, Kansas City, hottest two teams are here for a reason, you know. And 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 we we just heard Lamar Jackson, but you gonna bet against Patrick Mahomes right now? No, yeah. I mean uh, that's that's one of those. I'm yeah. just gonna sit and watch. Yeah, I'm not leaning either way on that mm. one. Yeah, that Baltimore atmosphere though, pretty nice. I would say pretty loud. Very underrated. It's pretty loud. Uh, I would say uh, five interviews and three points on offense. How about that? Bobby Slowick, two more interviews than actual points on offense. Uh, he interviewed over the weekend with Carolina, Tennessee. Also had virtual interviews yesterday with the Commanders, Seahawks, and Falcons. Bobby Slowick's arguably his worst game on Saturday, if you ask me. Well, it certainly seemed like he was uh, out of his uh, zone, man. I, I thought he, he got a little too cute. 
I thought he, he didn't go to the, the no huddle enough when that seemed to be showing some success. Uh, it was it was his worst game. That reverse was embarrassing. That's what I'm saying. But It wasn't but, about one block. It got blown up from the beginning. But give him an A for the season. He gets an A. Oh, he gets an A for yeah, sure. Yeah. But that reverse. Let's, let's, let's evaluate these reverses. Your fourth and fifth string receiver, you're running a double screen. Mechie somehow gets it off. Then CJ floats it because that's all he could do. Yeah. Which allows the, the guy to go in there and uh, make the tackle. Just a bad play. Uh, Gerard Johnson, he's getting some interest. Saints and Browns have requested interviews with the Texans quarterback coach for their vacant OC position. Uh, C.J. Stroud said earlier today on the show that uh, Gerard Johnson changed his life, man. He did. I mean, changed his life. That was like about as good of a, uh, I, I guess, re- reference. <laughs> you have any references? Yeah, C.J. Stroud. Like he was just gushing about him. So that was big uh, for Gerard. I, I've got a hunch that, uh, you know, he's – He's got a big decision to make, obviously, but he should probably wait to see what uh, Bobby Slowick does because his best option might be right here. Yeah, Bobby might not. Uh, Bobby might not even get a gig, man. Well, if he doesn't, Gerard will. Uh, Amy Adams Stank wants to talk to Dan Quinn for a second time. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn getting a second interview with the Tennessee Titans. He's pretty good. You can say you know how things ended, but uh, he's he's pretty dang good. I'm guessing he would be. He would have to be considered the leader. Uh, by the way, Harbaugh second interview with the uh, the Chargers as well, huh? Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that goes. He was at the game mm-hmm. uh, this week. Uh, they did actually a f- cool feature on the Harbaugh parents, which I actually yeah. Kind of, I like John Harbaugh. The dad, yeah, the dad is cool. I like I like the the Harbaugh <laughs> fan. That yeah. that Harbaugh clan is interesting. I, I got a lot of love for them. Uh, Mike McCarthy not expected to receive any sort of extension from the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to coach 2024 season. Uh, on an expiring contract. I've never understood that you don't want a lame duck coach. They did that with O'Brien. Why? You're not, he can't coach for his job. He can't do a better job. Like Joe Flacco went out there and earned his new contract. I've never understood that. I, I see some, like in Dallas, I think it was Choppy maybe, uh, the morning show host out there at 105.3, the fan was like, you can't have a lame duck coach. Why? Why not? I know it sends so a you weird. Just, what do you mean? I think that's more relevant in college than the pros. Yeah, because you're recruiting. Yes. Yeah. Like in college, you can't have a lame duck coach. In the NFL, hell, what does that mean? He might he might go thirteen and four and win a Super Bowl, and all of a sudden he's making himself a raise. You know, he's getting himself a raise from the Cowboys uh, or someone else. So yeah, no, in the NFL it's not quite as as much. A lot of uh, Taylor Swift uh, airtime yesterday. I know you enjoyed that. I actually did. Okay. No, I, if you're if you're honest with yourself, um, and this is going to be you're going to hear more of this on, on the internet going nuts in a little bit. But if you're honest with yourself, that's fun to watch. Like it really is. What is watching? You know, Brittany Mahomes and uh, 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 Jason Kelsey, and uh, if you're honest with yourself, that's fun to watch. It's fun to watch fan reactions. Okay, like that. Okay, you don't agree? It's fine. I mean, I, I don't know about fun. Like it didn't well, add. It didn't really like add to my. It didn't add to my experience or anything. Well, there. Well, the game is is the experience, but there's always everything else going on. Like the dude crying in Buffalo just kind of ripped my heart out. Like, like, like it's just it's entertainment. It's part of the entertainment when you have all this stuff. Buffalo was sending out offers to come shovel snow before the game, like the night before the game, and they got a lot of response. Yeah, that's pathetic, though. Well, you shouldn't. Yeah, put a roof yeah. over it, open it if you want. Like, what are we doing here? Your PR has to send there. Hey, please come shovel the snow. Yeah, you. They were holding what up signs. This? Thanks, shovelers. Is this a high school? Why don't you put a roof on it? Uh, did you see the little uh, chicken McNuggets underneath the, the, that one 
on the club level, uh-uh. those orange lights, Mm-mm. those were heat lamps. They were like toasting all those people under there. And the, when they showed the stadium view, those were like heat lamps, you know, like at uh, Popeye's or something. Like it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> those, were, those people were getting nice and toasty. <laughs> I cannot imagine what the Super Bowl is going to be like if Taylor Swift is there. It might be a bit much then. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know why everybody just like pounds on this, like like it's dumb or she shouldn't be. Sh- no, I mean yeah, she's it, doing what she's doing. She's doing what she's doing. She she's having I mean, fun. Yeah, she ain't Who's doing she the- hurting? She's not hurting anybody. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's yeah. the TV networks that's overdoing it. It is a lot. Doing no, it, it is a lot. I don't, I don't, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them for that. They're doing yeah, their thing. I, don't I, blame I just them. don't. I don't know, man. She it's ain't doing nothing wrong, though, man. No, she's doing she's going she, to the game. Yeah, no, I mean she's 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 doing what I mean. She's a plant. It, he's it, a plant. Like they're just doing their thing. Two plants, like right there. But it doesn't look it's like a planted she, relationship. Like her reaction, and especially with Brittany Mahomes and all that. That's not fake. I feel like she's got someone by her telling her what's going on. I Maybe like she might have an assistant she, in her ear. The, hey, they scored a touchdown. Hey, she gets excited. Cheer. What's wrong with that? Sure, nothing's wrong with that. Do it. Mm-hmm. It's a planted relationship, though. I wonder if she really like football. I don't know. I don't know. She might. She's not hurting Good anybody, man. NFL's doing their thing. You do your thing. Yeah. Taylor. I, I mean, I. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't annoy me as much as the Lions. I don't know why I hate the Lions, man. I don't either. Uh, they, By the way, they uh, reached a deal with veteran tight end Zach Ertz. I guess uh, you can sign week of. I had no idea. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should pretend that I knew this this could happen. I did not know Zach Ertz could sign today. I don't think today. very many people did. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that you could just get cut and sit around and sign the week of. I had no idea. Yeah. Could he yeah. have signed if they made it to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that he would, had already been released a long time ago. Yeah. But I, I did not know that maybe this is the limit. I don't know. I did not know that you could sign Zach Ertz now. And like we were talking about earlier, I wonder why he decided on the Lions. <laughs> Got four options. <laughs> Ravens have Likely and Andrews coming back. Mm-hmm. Chiefs have Kelsey. 49ers have George Kittle. <laughs> guess uh, I'll go well, with the Lions. To go to a contender. I guess I'll be the backup for the Lions oh, yeah. and uh, back up Laporta and go out there and play. Yeah. That's insane. He doesn't even have to. He, he can stay at a he, hotel for three days. And he's going to get a full share. If they win it, he can he can stay at it or even just for the playoffs. He could stay at a hotel for three days. And then if they lose, ah, see you. Yeah. Bye, guys. Yeah. I'm out of here. I'm going home. Hell, I would. Right. He so, shouldn't get a full ring. He'll get a full share and a ring. He shouldn't get a full ring, but he will. Should be a fake ring. Cracker Jack box uh, type of ring coming up. The Internet goes nuts. My gosh. Texans players. They just can't help themselves. Perhaps the lowest point of the Texans weekend, and it had nothing to do with what happened on the field. Next. It's Reaction Monday Playoff Edition, presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. Oh, man. Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you. What's the matter with you? Here on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 6. And I, I feel bad for these guys sometimes when they do this to themselves. Who? Texans players. Like Internet what? going nuts here on In the Loop, Sports Radio 610. Well, you better explain yourself. So, I saw this 
Someone sent this to me, and this was uh, a couple of Texans fans online. They were just going back and forth about Laramie Tunsil. They didn't tag him or anything. Yeah. They're just going back talking and about forth the game. with Laramie Tunsil. And someone tweeted out a video of Laramie Tunsil getting beat by Clowney on a run play, I guess it was. And he said the following, quote, look at what Clowney does to Tunsil. All right. Another fan then replied, quote, but he will cry to the media he's an all-pro. LOL. Mm-hmm. The person who originally put it out replied, LMAO, he swear them voters don't see his reps. <laughs> <laughs> then Laramie Tunsil appeared. I guess he was searching his name. Laramie Tunsil appeared and said, my two biggest haters with a laughing emoji. Mm-hmm. Why they are you did, doing that? They did not let up from there. No, they did not. This was the one of these comments was uh, Hall of Fame worthy. This was the end of the uh, dialogue. So Laramie said, "My two biggest haters," and this was their ping pong exchange on Laramie Tunsil to Laramie Tunsil himself. "Quote: Nah, you need to see what they said uh, about you uh, about you while you was false starting. Why are you searching your name? You damn near up two hundred million dollars." <laughs> Next guy said, like, I don't know why y'all search your names on here for real. That don't help my football team. Next person said, search run blocking. That's it. That's the one. Why don't you search <laughs> run blocking? Then, so, then, then they said, talking about biggest hater, we hate your efforts in the game. And then they went back and forth a little bit more. Why are these guys, why, why, why is it that Titus and Laramie are searching their name and seeking this stuff out? I don't know. Especially and, after that game. I don't know, and I'm not sure I ever will know. The first comment, let, let's look at it. It said, look what Clowney does to Tunsil. That's talking about the game. That's talking about something that, that Clowney did. I don't know why that would be like all of a sudden my two biggest haters. We've said just as much. Others have said just as much. I'm sure they say just Laramie as much. Laramie said he tries to avoid this. He told us this two weeks yes. ago. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And and I'm sure they say just as much in film session, too. I, I think he was just in his feelings. And just started searching. Why are you doing that? Why, why are you searching your own your own name? It wasn't tagged. Just searching your name. I, I don't know, man. It's mm-hmm. it. I don't think he got the support that he got uh, in the past. Whenever he would have these interactions, but yeah, he was just kind of in it with them, and nobody was like, "Oh, leave Laramie alone" or anything like that. <laughs> it was, it these guys never played the game. Yeah. I'm with you, you're, Laramie. You're right, Laramie. Laramie, tell him what's up. Yeah, exactly. No, that didn't happen as much. Tell him what's up, bro. Boy, did he have a bad game. Gosh, did he have a bad game. They didn't allow a sack early. Yeah, well, they were uh, also going uh, first and 15 a lot (laughs) because of Laramie. I got got the internet going nuts. Landry's going to love this one. Internet going nuts Saturday and Sunday with Benjamin Cap. Who's Benjamin Cap? I think this is an awesome story. 66 years a season ticket holder of the Detroit Lions. They had him on the pregame show. They had him on NFL Network. Uh, They were showing him after the the Lions uh, won the game, clinched the game. Um, And so 66 years as a season ticket holder was at the last championship in 1957, bought tickets the next year, and has had them ever since. I don't care what anybody says. That is awesome. It did get me thinking about this. 
Texans had something similar happen. We're doing this 66-year thing. So Debbie the Texan would be on uh, CBS uh, in the year 20. She gets enough air 2068. Time. By the way, I thought she kind of killed the vibe on uh, Saturday. With the front row thing? Yeah, she complained about not getting front row seats and tagged the Texans. I, I, that, that was kind of – I was feeling good about the game, and then I was like, I don't know. And the Texans, like, replied. I, I kind of felt like it was a little bit of vibe killer. Didn't they take care of her? Yeah, I think they gave her, like, sideline passes and yeah, stuff. But absolutely. she was like – like, complaining about not having front row seats is kind of – Say what you will. That's though. kind of a small world problem. She is. She is loyal. She's the diehard man. She is loyal. She's the diehard. She's got a good vibe. Sixty-six years as a season ticket holder, and you finally get to the championship. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. Just to see his reaction after that. Was it? I don't think. I, yeah, it was. I mean, you're you're happy for him. I was very happy for him. Were you? No. Why not? I don't care about the Lions. You wanted him to die without them ever getting uh, to a championship? Wouldn't have cared. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I didn't, like, the 66 You got to respect the loyalty, though, right? Yes. He's just there. You know, he's not watching the he game. He's going to be anywhere else. every year. He's just there. He I would have dog, yeah. I would have hopped off of that bandwagon so quick. That's what man. I'm saying. He could have gone somewhere he's else. He's just there. 66 years? 66 years. He's just there. It's kind of like Joe Pa at the end at Penn State. Like, he was in the booth. Oh, my God. You're comparing him to Joe <laughs> Like, when Joe Pa would coach in the booth, he's Good just kind of there. How did we get yeah. here? I mean, I'm not comparing <laughs> him. I'm not comparing him, comparing him to Joe Pa. I'm just saying Joe Pa was kind of in the booth. He's just there. He was excited. He Good was, for him. He was kissing everybody. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. This was Ravens linebacker Roquan Smith talking about the Texans uh, in his black cowboy hat. You know, they had a great season, but, hey, it had to end, and, you know, we delivered. Whoever come has to get dealt with. There's a villain to every story, and, hey, that Cinderella story ended, so on to the next. Hey, Ro, guys who wear the black hats are feared or bad guys? Uh, is this a role you're adopting for the postseason? <laughs> I had my boots at the house today, and then I was just like, hey, when I was thinking about it this morning, I'm like, hey, they are the Texans and they are the Cowboys, but, you know, I got this hat on, so I'm daddy. That is pretty good stuff, though, uh, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. You like that? Yeah, that was pretty good. That was good. Although I don't think they're the villain. I think they're – Yeah, I don't think anyone ha- – did you hate the Ravens? I, I couldn't No, I think they're the, the team Ravens. most, most of the country. Swap. Yeah, them and their Lions. Likeable coach, likeable quarterback, likeable likeable team. Yeah, yeah, likeable squad. Yeah, I think they and the sure. Lions are what most like casual fans are going to be pulling for. I'm rooting for the 49ers. Well, of course you are. You hate the Lions. 49ers and yeah. Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be happy Still for don't understand how you don't you you don't excited you're not excited for their lives. Why would I be? What what's good about the Lions? Because it's a hell of a story. It's good about the Lions because they've waited like that guy 66 years and they've had so many struggles good for and, him. Uh, all that stuff. John McClain's waited 80. I don't <laughs> yeah, care. That's true. Maybe John McClain's the guy. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. If you don't know who's calling the Super Bowl, sit down. Make sure you're sitting down. Tony Romo. Yeah. Tony Romo has got the internets and had the internet uh, going nuts. Jim be- Nance, by the way, I think I think Romo's making Nance worse right now. Uh, I think I, it's maybe I think it's contagious. All I know is Tony Romo was saying some nonsensical stuff, as if he's on mushrooms or something. Uh, basically, inferring that uh, Jason Kelsey is Taylor Swift's brother-in-law, which would mean they're married. Uh, then he had this bizarre. They were talking about seventy thousand people in the stands. He goes, "Yeah, kind of like my house." Like, well, I don't know what that meant. What was that? I don't know what he was saying there. What did that mean? I have no idea what it meant. And then he kind of tried to correct himself. Like, yeah, but they're not really there. Um, and this one, as big of a historian as he is, I'm not going to give him a pass. A lot of people would. Because everybody knows the biggest plays in NFL history. 
Franco Harris, Immaculate Reception, not the Holy Roller. And he said on that pushed fumble, that kick, that the fumble that they pushed up, he goes, yeah, that's like from the old Franco Is Harris. Is Romo a historian? I don't feel like he knows the NFL he past three years. He seems to be. Really? He seems to be. I don't feel like he knows the NFL past three years. Well, he hasn't been studying these games, uh, but he said, yeah, Franco Harris, that's the rule from the, the Holy Roller. No, he was not playing in that game. <laughs> it was the Raiders. One of uh, D'Amico Ryan's biggest uh, co-signers and one of his former players, uh, our next story on the internet going nuts. I, 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 I got the internet going nuts. Nick Bosa, after the 49ers held off the Packers, he was asked if he was going to go enjoy a nice, cold, refreshing beer. Here's what Bosa had to say. Beer doesn't doesn't really do it for me right now. Yeah. Maybe something else. Gee, I wonder what that might be. What do you think? <laughs> Gummies? I'm thinking weed, too. Everyone was, <laughs> people were thinking... People were thinking about like no, he's whiskey. talking about he's talking know. about that dodo, man. No, he's, he's talking about that sticky icky. Isn't say, he? Listen to it again. Yeah, he, there is only one thing he's, he's talking, talking about. He's talking about that sticky icky. Beer doesn't doesn't really do it for me right now. Yeah, maybe something else. Yeah, yeah. Talking about, he's gonna light him up a nice fatty, <laughs> a big old fatty. Get him that left-handed cigarette <laughs> real quick. Big old fatty. That's a hundred. That's a hundred percent what Bosa was talking about. I, 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 I got the internet going nuts. Boy, Jason Kelsey had the internet going nuts. Man, good for him. Man, he's enjoying his retirement. He is. He, is, he, he gets to quit playing football. He's been in the league, what, 15 years? Yeah. It's retirement. He's in Kansas City. He was carrying little he's kids chilling. up to go meet Taylor Swift. He was tailgating with the Bills Chugging Mafia. beers. Chugging beers. Was that a bowling ball? What was he drinking out that of? That was a shot. That, that big round yeah, thing? Yeah, it's a shot. I thought it was like a bowling. What's going on yeah, here? Yeah, that, it's, it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, the stressful couple weeks. He jumped yeah, out of Philly. the booth into the stands. You retire after 15 years took and you have off to deal with the shirt. crap they were doing in Philly? Hey, enjoy the hell out of yourself. Screaming. I don't even think Philly fans. It was the last six weeks, six, seven weeks. Yeah. yeah. Philly fans got to be happy with him, man. Oh, I mean, that, my that, gosh. They, was, they ain't mad at him. And actually, he actually made it more fun, as I said about in the last segment, to see the crowd reacts. Because he was in the same booth with Taylor Swift and everybody else. Yeah, he it was, was just cool. his best life, yeah. man. I enjoyed the hell like, out of it. Just yeah. <laughs> he was loving life. Just took the shirt off, yeah. chugging beers, and he jumped out of that suite like a day. I was like, man. I thought he was going to fall. Brother, it's icy out there, yes. man. Yeah. What if he'd have fallen down? And he had like uh, he jumped. What are those those work boots? Those, those, uh, those Tim's. Yeah, those t- he had Tim's on. <laughs> yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, he was loving. Enjoy it. your life. Chug those beers. Plus, it's it's cold as heck. So, yeah, do your thing, my friend. Yeah. I, 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 got, I got the internet going nuts. You're a hypocrite, Lopez. I am not a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. How's that? If Al Michaels made this call on the fake punt. That the Bills tried to pull off, mm-hmm. you would have been jumping on him like a damn trampoline. Went downwind with this one. Fake. Hamlin is stopped short. There you go. That's ten times better than anything. Uh, Come Michael. on. Yeah. That's the same thing. No, it's not. This is what. That is the same thing. No. That was not a great call. But this is what. Uh, this is what Al Michaels would have said. Lining up, punt. It's fake, and uh, did they get it? Look like they did. No, no, he didn't get it. Like, that's ten times better than anything Al Michaels would have done. And he would have done it just so drab and poorly. That's what happened. Nah, nah. 
Not a hypocrite. What do you have against Al? He's awful. I don't have anything against him. He's just awful. Dude, they pulled him. He got benched. <laughs> I mean, you want to use a sports term? He got benched before the postseason. I mean, that says something. Uh, One thing about Jim Nance, though, that was funny, well, he gets those golf references in every chance he gets. Even during a big game like that. I, I can't say I, I've seen that before. Yeah, exactly. Every chance he gets. And I think I've seen you do that a couple times. Golf? Yeah. You do. You'll you'll sneak in a golf uh, probably like eh, once every week and a half, once every two weeks. All right. A total uh, fabrication. Like if something comes up about golf, and I use the golf analogy. Golf is that what analogy. you're talking about? talking football. The golf analogy is different. Yeah, you know. You're as good as your best golf shot. Texans just didn't have their best club on Saturday. I don't have. I don't think I've, those words have ever come out of my mouth. I don't think those words have ever come out of my mouth. All they had to do was play par golf in I, the first half. Those two. They played uh, bogey golf. Never said those words in my life. <laughs> you're only as good as your last golf shot. Uh, no, I say you're as good as your best golf shot. Yeah, you're only as good as your best golf shot. Now that I've said. What else? What are your other go-to golf analogies? I don't think I have any others, do I? You have some, yes. Figgy? CJ got to get this green jacket. Yes. No, I said that was his Heisman moment. No, I said CJ had his Heisman moment. Didn't you say CJ got to play golf more? It was like at the beginning of the year or something like that. I don't know if I did that. I don't think I did. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had a disagreement on it. I don't remember that. I said Heisman moment, and you actually agreed with me on that. Don't speak for me. I never agreed on that. I think you did. I just shook my head. That's not an agreement. Check the tape. Yeah, that, that ain't no agreement. Check the tape. Uh, Coming up, what's next for the Texans? What do they need most? We'll cuss and discuss that, uh, as well as if the Texans fans should have wanted more from the previous season. That's next. Thank you, Figgy. It's Reaction Monday, Playoff Edition, presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. Offense, offense, offense. Texans need to go all in on the offense. Bring in more running backs, bring in more receivers. Uh, Let D'Amico coach up the defense. The, The story of this game... Uh, and why the season is over and, and why it ended the way it did is because the offense was not prepared to reward half of a football game of elite effort from the defense and a really solid effort from the special teams minus the uh, the field goal. They, they, need to, they need to get as many weapons around C.J. Stroud as possible. It's about the offense right now, and it's not very complicated. Let, let's, let's just keep this very, very simple. How are you going to win a Super Bowl if you're shooting for the stars? C.J. Stroud. Okay. Give C.J. Stroud every single thing he needs uh, to, to make the most of his game. That's that's at least another running back. Hell, draft two running backs. Draft one and sign one. It's at least another tight end. Two, if, you, if Dalton Schultz doesn't uh, sign. It's at least another big-time wide receiver. Uh, yes, Tank Dell's coming back. Cool. Let's add another one. Let's get a real game breaker. Maybe even another burner, you know, burner kind of uh, uh, wide receiving. What about Nico? Cool. Let's still get another one uh, and figure things out on the offensive line because you're not going to be able to make many changes there, if any. Uh, and the other part of this is is a very simple equation. Who doesn't trust D'Amico to get some guys that are good to to very good and make them better? 
Yeah, on the I, defensive side, I agree, and I think you got three guys who could be on uh, on the edge of becoming elite. In Derek Stingley, yeah. might have already proven himself last year. Uh, Christian Harris and perhaps Will Anderson. So, I mean, those are two those are two guys that you've invested top five picks in uh, with Stingley and Anderson, uh, two number three overall selections. So, get get the offense what it needs. Get C.J. Stroud some more weapons. The offensive line is going to have to improve within because you've already invested everything that you have. It would be really, really great if Titus Howard is uh, truly a really, really good uh, right tackle. We'll see how that goes, but the offense let the offense let the team down this week. I mean, it was it was the offense. Defense just ran out of gas. Like there was not like what what did did you think that you were going to beat the Ravens without scoring a touchdown with, yeah. with scoring three points on offense? That wasn't going to happen. You you ran out of gas there, and the the offense was just a no show. Bobby Slowick. Five interviews, three points. That's his weekend statistics. They um they got bullied around uh, on, on both lines. Uh, it, you know, to to be honest, but they the, had a lot of sack till late. Uh, yeah. So some people would say the offensive line wasn't as bad. As, yeah, you saw you saw what CJ, CJ kind of had doing. to move a little bit. He was running around back there. Uh, they were getting things done. And and Jim Harbaugh talked about this. Like they they covered these receivers, man. Like they he didn't have a whole lot of different places to go to. Uh, they absolutely had the, had their receivers uh, covered. So, yeah, look, the defense in the second half. I don't. Even, I'm not even mad at them. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> they got gassed. They they were. Well, and I mean, Jalen Petrie makes that play in the end zone, and that was the play of the game in, yeah. in some respects. Well, I mean, yeah, if you make that play in the end zone, you intercept them in the end zone. You get the ball right there at the twenty. It's still a tie game. I think there's probably like, I don't know. They they had take they had bled the clock a little bit. Uh, so then, then you get the ball and you, and you get a fresh start. Chance was slow. It, who knows how how different that is? Those are just kind of the plays that you have to make when your margin for error is as small as the Texans was in a road game like that with a team that is more battle tested um, than you. You you have to you're gonna have to make a play or two like that. They say they being coaches all over the place like those middle six minutes of a game tend to be crucial. All right, let's look at those middle six minutes. Texans have the ball. They're going down the field. And the Ravens are, are getting a little nervous. If, if not them, their fans certainly are. What do the Texans do? They miss, a, they miss a field goal. So you go in 10-10. Then the Ravens get the kickoff. They go all the way down the field. And Jalen Petrie misses an interception. Let's say the exact opposite happened. They made that field goal. It's 13-10. They go down the field, and Petrie makes that interception. I'm not saying they would have won the game, but damn, it would have been interesting down the stretch. Second half, when the, when the slate yeah. was wiped clean for Bobby Slowick, uh, you had Baltimore who had minus seven yards their previous three drives. Lamar Jackson said he cussed out the team, so they were kind of panicking a little bit. And you mm -hmm. think, okay, is Bobby going to be able to make adjustments? Uh, you have Petrie miss the interception uh, in the end zone. Good effort, whatever, but you got, you got to make that play, mm -hmm. um, especially if you put yourself – in position to make it. Look at the Lions game. The linebacker that made that huge interception at the end. Yes. He made the play. Then you have Singletary for seven. Uh, perfect pocket presence from C.J. Stroud. He shuffles to the side. Uh, then on third and seven, you find Schultz to move the chains. Uh, then Singletary uh, rushes for a yard. The Ravens get a penalty on second down, so you're kind of grooving a little bit. Um, Stroud runs for four. Then Singletary runs for 16. You get inside the 40-yard line, and then you do that double reverse BS, mm -hmm. which you were lucky to only lose five yards on. Um, 
Troy Aikman's quote was, the way that unfolded, they're uh, fortunate it only lost five. Yeah. Uh, which I actually was impressed with John Mechie and C.J. Stroud for even being able to get the ball off. Um, then uh, Cam Johnston punts it inside the 10. He gives your defense a chance. Uh, Gus Edwards goes for nine. He moves the chains. Uh, Bateman moves the chains. And then on fourth and one, you add the bootleg. Kind of looked like on that bootleg, Jalen Petrie got tackled, but I don't think he was really trying to make the play. Could have been a, a flag there, but then they find uh, likely for the touchdowns 24-10, uh, and that's the end. That's you're a dead. wrap. You're dead. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're dead after that. That's when I went to go check my ribs because uh, enough was enough. But just those middle six minutes gone the, uh, the better way for the Texans, that would mean you're up 13-10. Go after stopping them with an interception. Who knows? I mean, I, I – Ravens were the better team, but who knows given those two things going the other way. Receivers can't get open either with the Texans. And, and Harbaugh was saying, you know, props to our DBs for yeah. covering them as long as we did. I, I, I think it's that's probably about as easy as that's going to get, that type mm -hmm. of situation. Because in a perfect world, the efforts that C.J. Stroud has given with his legs and the job he's doing extending plays, it, it should not – there should still not be anyone open. And that, unfortunately for him, that's the case a lot of times because – you just don't have any explosiveness outside of Nico Collins and Tank Dell. I mean, you're asking you're asking John Mechie, you're asking Hutchinson uh, to to get open, and and they just that they they're not they're not capable at the moment of doing that. It was it was kind of reminiscent of the Jets game, wasn't it? Uh, in terms of the receivers, like they were like they had no shot, like and you were expecting okay maybe Mechie finally, maybe Hutchinson finally no. No, nobody's elevated their game in that situation. The, the most shocking thing for me, and I would think the most disappointing thing, is it's one thing to get outmanned by the Ravens, by a more battle-tested team at this point in your um, in your process, which which is what the Texans are in. But if you would have told me at the start of the season that uh, Jalen Petrie was not going to be able to make plays in any way, Never shape, or form. Never would have believed you. I wouldn't have believed it. Never like, would I wouldn't have believed have, And that's why I'm not completely dismissing him from bouncing back next year, but between, like, when he blitzes, he might as well go get a hot dog in the stands. It's it, Like, I mean, it, I, I know, I'm sure there's, like, some sort of film, Hardo, that will say, hey, you know, he's, he's so, man, I, he's just, like, running into the guy. And then he, even when he makes plays, he doesn't make plays. Like, he gets his hands up and it tips up. Like, Jalen... You'd be better off just having Jalen Petrie start doing the worm on the field instead of blitzing sometimes. <laughs> like, it's not – I don't I don't know. But I, I have hopes for him. He was one of the guys that D'Amico shouted out. But, man, that, that one play right there could have changed a lot of things. Oh, big time. Uh, I, I can't get over that. I, I, I thought that, that between Laramie Tunsil, you know – I said this earlier. People often overuse this 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 uh, angle of you get paid a lot of money. Yeah, that, that's that's nonsense by and large. Uh -oh. You get paid a lot of money to no no. Uh -oh. they, they, he just gets paid a lot of money. But I will say in this case, you get paid too much damn money to be that big of a liability. But it, with pre snap penalties, with mental mental penalty, he does. Yeah, that, that was he was a negative. It was a sloppy, 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 sloppy first half, and you got the slate wiped clean, and then you just completely laid an egg. That that was me. Like, and and I'm I know we usually talk about the well. If I would have told you this, 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 if you would have told me that the Texans were as sloppy as they were in that first half, the offense wasn't going to do anything. 
the only touchdown was going to be because Stephen F. and Sims scored and you were tied at 10, I would have been like, man, give me that all day. Yeah. And, I, and I would have at least thought that this would have been a competitive ball game. It, it just completely got away. Clint Sterner, Ron Hughley uh, here on uh, Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Ooh, what's that? Bobby Slowick, five interviews this weekend, three points on offense. There you go. That is the stat of the day uh, here on In the Loop. I, and I'm not sitting here saying that's a reason why. I'm just saying that's a, that's a pretty fascinating stat when you think about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I listen, when you when you put forth the effort that the offense did, um, the coordinator, mm-hmm. the play caller, the quarterback, like all the important pieces had to be looked at. And it wasn't it wasn't a lot that they could do with them boys though. I oh mean, no, I, I no, just, no, 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 no question. I, like I like there is there's some some things here and there, but boy, that I mean, when you got you got guys who who keep turning third and third and eight and third to thirteen and third and six to, to you know, the third and eleven and, and you had well that that was a that was a tall task well, against that defense that was ready and landing. I waiting. keep going back to this. Like in the postseason, Clint, you know this. You got guys, and we saw it in the Kansas City game. We saw it in in in, in the Detroit. I mean, excuse me, the the Green Bay game. Certain players have to elevate their game. It's non negotiable. Not only did they not elevate their game, Larry Tunsil, Jalen Petrie, just go down the list. They they took a step back. They 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 were net negatives. Yeah, yeah, and your your superstars have to have to play big. Your highest paid players have to play big. Um, and and when you're playing up such a steep hill, the way that the Texans were going to play every week this this year in the playoffs, you just could couldn't afford to to have as many negative plays and as many penalties as you had, man. I mean, that's just that's just the fact to me. That's that's the fact of of of, of playing in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. When you get in the playoffs, everything we just mentioned, whether it's superstar players and guys having to put the team on their back, and the penalties and the play callers. You know, all of those guys have to be on yeah. point. And whereas during the regular season, it may get you once or twice, but oh, it's just one or two of 18. Mm-hmm. When you get in the post postseason, it hits you more, right? It costs you more, and it's in the biggest game of the year, obviously. So, yeah, to me, that's what this game was more about, and we're going to talk about it, but it was more about just like the disappointment, I guess, of, of I, I'm, I'm surprised that the Texans went out there. Yeah. And and had the penalties. And That's the, what the, I'm the saying. The offense was as Baltimore was better, was. but they could have had a shot. They could have had a puncher's chance. Well, show up. <laughs> we talked about it Friday. Up. I said I, I would be surprised if they get blown out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And I think they kind of did. Yeah, yeah I mean, kind of. At the end, at the end, it's thirty-four to ten. So yeah. I mean, but but I, I was I was surprised of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a slow death uh, for sure in the second half. You're listening to KILTAM KILTHD2. The drive is live. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.